Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN 690.com. Y'all know what time it is. This man covers so good. He's been having old cell phone service. The man's so good, they finna give him his own jail for Jalen Cowie. Because he's receiving on 24-hour lockdown. If you check his pocket, he got eight master locks in his pocket. They're on lockdown all season. The man, the myth, Jalen Ramsey. Mmm. When am I going to come to work in a Brinks truck? Man. I brought this to Dawson. How's he getting home? (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully one of his teammates can give him a ride home. Austin's going to give him a ride. Uber. Uh, Oh, yeah, for sure, man. (laughs) Hit me up. Well, Yannick Ngakwe's not doing much right now. No. Maybe (laughs) maybe he's driving around Uber, man, making some extra cash. Who knows what Yannick's doing right now. But Uh, Wow. How about the arrival for Jalen Ramsey? Loved it. Set off, off a firestorm on social media. This guy, again, we've talked about so many times, he's he's the most nationally recognized brand the Jaguars have ever had in an individual player. And this this proved it today. He's top of the headlines on ESPN. He's got over a million views on this video on Jaguars.com. I mean, it's it's unbelievable the widespread attention Jalen Ramsey brings. And this was just a fun little thing. Uh, And by the way, it even got... Austin Lane's Twitter going a little bit crazy to yeah. the point where recently, within the last hour, I believe he was called a dumbass. And yep. I had to laugh out loud while yeah. I saw that. Thanks for having my back, Brent. Appreciate it. Just laughing at me. It's whatever. Um, listen, I don't know how you can wake up in the morning. You can go on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or turn on ESPN. You start your day out. You slept good. And you see Jalen Ramsey coming to work on a Brinks truck. It's the first day of NFL camp. Not a big deal, and you can get offended about it. I, I seriously have no idea how people can get so upset over something so stupid. It's the first day of training. This isn't anything new, Brent. Like, Demarcus Lawrence showed up in a tank last year. Yes. Antonio Brown has showed up in a helicopter. Antonio Brown rented out a helicopter. That's got to be a lot more expensive than Adidas is paying to have that bring truck pull up, okay? So how people can get so just ticked off about it. And then, yeah, maybe I, I kind of egged the fire a little bit. I stoked the flames, and maybe they're taking it out on me. So be it. But I just have no idea why people are so upset. Like, m- my freshman year at prom, guess what? Use a limo, okay? Roll up the prom in a limo. <laughs> should, should you be offended about that? And, listen, I, I know it's all in good fun and jokes and everything, but I find it ironic that, you know, usually it's the people that are poking fun at Jalen Ramsey that are that are heckling Jalen Ramsey for doing this or even calling him derogatory comments for doing this are the same people that want to call out NFL players for, you know, maybe taking a knee or, or talking against social injustices and calling us snowflakes. But then when you turn it around and someone gets offended by a brink truck pulling up, that's snowflake behavior too, man. I mean, it, it works both ways. That's all I'm saying. I uh, This was a long, long talk about your Twitter today. I mean, yeah. I think you're getting offended. I think you're uh, maybe uh, Le'Veon Bell-esque. Ooh. Uh, no, we I, 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 I haven't made a here? video. I haven't made it. Hey, Brent, if it's going to be Le'Veon Bell-esque, I have to get Instagram, literally log into an account, create it. Well, I guess create it first, log into it, and make a video. Not going to do that. Don't let so me call I'm not you soft today early on a oh, Wednesday. Man. 
Push for the badge and see what happens. On the eve of training camp, Jaguars (laughs) reporting. Yannick Ngakwe does not report. It's the story of the day. And that's what's interesting to me is actually Jalen Ramsey's arrival uh, is one of the stories and probably the the headline because it's, I think, a good video uh, and illustration and and people can see it. But really the story is Yannick Ngakwe. Mm -hmm. And... These guys are now in the sand on this, it, it sounds like. I've been on the phone a lot today, and I've uh, been talking a lot today, and now you see some reports out to uh, Tom Pelissero talking about some of the dollars and uh, some familiar numbers that we were hearing, too. And where does this go? And is it a stalemate? And is it uh, – can there be any ground made up? Because mm. to me, from this – from right now, as it sits right now at 3.06 here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, the day before camp, I think this is a deal that's right now not even on the table. Like I think this is just a stalemate. I think this was a – I get the feel. It was kind of take it or leave it, and, well, we left it, and so now we're holding out, and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's not like, hey, we'll call you tomorrow. And see how things are going. I don't get that feel. Now, we never really know how the negotiations are going. We never know the the, the true details because there can be spin put on these details. Yes. And sometimes so you have to be really careful what you hear. And uh, that's why I try to be really careful what I say. But I think now we've gathered enough information to at least read between the lines of what this could be, might be yeah. for Yannick Ngakwe. And uh, how long does it go? Uh, and, and what's the end game here? Could be a fascinating one. Does Yannick Ngakwe play for $2 million this year? Does he play at all? When does he report? How important is unrestricted free agency versus restricted free agency, which is that August 5th, August 6th kind of deadline, could impact that? How much can you draw the line in the sand like a Le'Veon Bell did a year ago, like Antonio Brown has done? Now, here's the difference. Those guys had banked a ton of money. They could have bought the Brinks truck Jalen Ramsey arrived in today. Yannick Ngakwe hasn't banked that kind of money yet, so he can't necessarily, at least on from my my point of view, afford to just sit out, not collect, get fined, yeah. and not really perform because performing is going to get him more dollars at the end of the day. So how does this play out? Does he does he bet on himself and say I'm playing for two million, I'm going to stay healthy, I'm going to get 14 sacks, and then I'm I might even get out of here and not sign a deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars, or do they somehow meet in the middle and go back to the drawing board, back to the table and say, okay, here's what we'll take. We're going to do this. It's fascinating. You know, it's funny because when we started talking about these contract negotiations, I was one that said it would be a breeze, you know, because I said the market's really already been set. When you got Demarcus Lawrence, you got Frank Clark, um, Yannick Ngakwe's numbers were comparable to those two guys, so I figured, all right, it'd be a pretty breezy contract deal here. Yannick gets his $100 million, you go to training camp, and you get started. Fantastic. Well, that's not what has happened at all, and by uh, by reports, you know, and once again, this is kind of speculations, but from everything that I've read, apparently he was offered a short-term deal worth more than $19 million per year, but it was a short-term deal, right? And uh, he would have made $50 million over the first two years. It's what I was reading. Now, 19 per year is still behind Cleo Mack, which Cleo Mack's the, the top, in my opinion. I mean, you got Aaron Donald, but I'm saying from a defensive Cleo end. Cleo Mack's about 23 million a year. Yeah. So from a defensive end position when he's playing, yeah, he's the he's the gold standard, let's yeah. just call him. And I don't even think anybody's trying to get to Cleo Mack. No, money. no, you shouldn't be. I, I don't believe well, that. Well, I think, I think Clowney might be asking for that, but yeah. But Anyways. I'm, I'm, let's just say this. 
I don't think Yannick's camp is asking for no, 22. No, okay. Yeah, was, I, I don't believe. No, now, maybe they are, but, exactly. but I don't think they are. But here's my point, Brent. So if he was to take that short-term contract, that still puts him behind Lawrence and Clark. And these are two guys that he's been comparable with. And you're talking about a new year, a new season, and he would be put behind Demarcus Lawrence and Frank Clark? I, I, I seriously can't co-sign on that. And there's, you know, and if you want to compare sizes, like, I get it. Ngakwe is maybe a smaller dude, right? And maybe there's some um, there's some worry that, well, can he hold up? Can he stop the run? All I know is I don't care how big the dude is. The guy's got 29 and a half sacks in the first three years, and he hasn't missed a game. Okay? He started every single game that he's played, I think, except his first one. When I think he's behind Fowler, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So the guy has never missed a game. Frank Clark? He's never, he hasn't missed a game either, but like I said before, yesterday on the show, there is some problems with Frank yeah, Clark. A baggage, yeah. yeah, a little baggage. And Demarcus Lawrence, suspended for steroids. He's missed games. So from that perspective, how Ngakwe doesn't get the same amount of money as those two guys that I just mentioned is baffling to me. Something we haven't talked about, though, and I think I have an answer to that. I think. I, I, don't, I don't know, but let me bring this up because we yeah. really haven't on this show at least talked. Maybe other people haven't. I, I haven't heard it. But... There is a difference. Everything's been compared to Demarcus Lawrence and Frank Clark's deal. $105 million. We look at the stack totals. We say similar players. I don't think anybody argues that. Similar players, sure. Fine. Put them in the same category. So, okay, it should be around, what, $20, $21 million a year. If you want to exceed that, $22 million a year. So, I mean, if I'm Yannick's agent, I'm thinking that, too. If I'm Yannick's camp, I'm thinking that, too. I think there's one difference here in this whole negotiation, and it's a question I asked on Twitter earlier today. Who has more leverage in this situation? Yannick Ngakwe or the Jacksonville Jaguars? And we'll talk about that part in a minute. But here's why I want to lay out some of the things that, that maybe are not being talked about as much. Frank Clark, I think, got franchise then traded, right? I believe, I believe that was so, the case. Yeah. He got franchise. So he was he had played out his contract, then got franchised, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So... Really, there was nothing else left to do to Frank Clark. You either sign him or don't sign him. So he had the leverage in his corner where I'm about to be a free agent. Or even if you trade me to Kansas City, I'll play this one year and then I'm going to be a free agent. So there was an out for him. Demarcus Lawrence, I think, had already played under a tag. But a guy who's filled with PEDs. I, 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 yeah, I mean, that's uh, a separate uh, issue. But I'm saying, I mean, as far from, I'm just talking about the leverage of a contract negotiation. Okay. You were out. You had already franchised him. So you had already used your Trump card in your back pocket, and I'm not talking politics here. No, I got you. <laughs> uh, the, and so that leaves this situation. This is where this situation could be different and why we're at the, the place we're at. They're ripping up a deal where he's already under contract, and they have the Trump card in their back pocket of a franchise tag still to use if they want to. That's a situation where in the Frank Clark deal and the DeMarcus Lawrence deal, that wasn't in play. So the organization then has some leverage here, whether you want to admit it or not, whether it's the right thing to play or not. They have some leverage to try to get at least the dollar amount they would like to get. I see where you're coming from there. And from that perspective, yes, because they have played a lot longer in their contracts than Yannick Ngakwe does. So, yes, uh, those players had the leverage over Ngakwe. But... In my opinion, Ngakwe has the leverage where those guys don't have the leverage because Ngakwe played 15 games his rookie year. He was counted on right away. As opposed to Frank Clark, you know how many games he played in his rookie year? Zero. It started yeah. zero his rookie year, and then he played in five uh, his second year. Uh, same thing with Demarcus Lawrence. You know, started out not really playing a lot, and then gradually worked his way into it. Yannick Ngakwe was counted on from day one. 
and Yannick Ngakwe is the leader of that locker room, and Yannick Ngakwe should be compensated for that. If if you want to drag this out, and if you want to see how this is going to pan out, and I, I'm not listen, I have nothing against uh, Dave Caldwell. I think Dave Caldwell is a fantastic guy, and I, I respect the organization a lot. Um, but I feel like if you play this game with Yannick Ngakwe, it's going to have a direct effect on the players too, because now you're looking at looking at a team who, and they've been very outspoken, Brent. They said he should get paid. Well, if you don't pay that guy, how are the players going to respond to that this season? It's a great part of this. And now that we're here, we've discussed this for the better part of six months. But mm-hmm. now that we are here, it's really come to life. Because yeah. players commented yesterday on our show about yes. Yannick Ngakwe. We'll talk about that. I want to ask you one more number game on Clark and Lawrence. Because those are the comps. So I'm going to ask you one more stat. And we love your calls on this. A big issue here in Jacksonville and around the NFL. Star Star 690 is the number. What do you think about Yannick Ngakwe and the Jaguars situation? Who's right? Who's wrong? Will it get done? What are your thoughts on the eve of training camp 2019? Thanks for hanging. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. He had already superseded his contract already. He was earning less than a million dollars a year, and he had got 20, 20 sacks in his first two years. But, uh, you know, but he, he definitely earned it. I think he's a staple here. I think he belongs in Jacksonville. He loves being a Jaguar, and uh, I'm all for him. I, I, I think they definitely need to get a deal done. And I think if if anybody in the building is going to be back next year, I think they need to pay him now. Well, that's Lorente McRae yesterday right here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 when he joined us. Yeah. That was pretty interesting, right? Kuz got that, too. He's going back looking over the uh, interview, and he said, if anybody's going to be in the building next year, they need to pay and sign Yannick Ngakwe to the deal. Those are strong comments uh, from the special teams captain. Absolutely. I'm not surprised, though. <laughs> I mean, those are pretty basic comments you find in the locker room, trying to support one of your teammates, one of your brothers. Well, and I don't want to take it out of context or read too much into it, but I thought two things there. One is it shows, it could be from Lorente's point of view, mm-hmm. how important he is to their success. Right. Yes. But it also could be what we've talked about, how much the locker room is looking at this, mm-hmm. you know, and how important it is, how they deal with Yannick Ngakwe and then Jalen Ramsey and how how important that is to fellow teammates and players from a business side of things. So, so I don't know which way he felt about it. I probably should ask the follow up question to it. Yeah. Um, but uh I think it could be either or. My lean is probably it means he's so important to us on the field that well, guys, this Brent, this could help save these guys' jobs if yeah. he's playing and not holding out. As I'm looking back on my career, I'm not sure if I ever really went through a season where there was like a big holdout with a free agent. Um, you know what I'm saying? But like, I guarantee, especially even in Jacksonville, like when Mercedes Lewis wasn't brought back, that had a direct effect on the locker room. When uh, Maurice Jones-Drew didn't get his new contract with the Jaguars, that had a direct effect on that locker room. And I feel like if Yannick Ngakwe doesn't get his money this year, that will have another direct effect on the locker room. And when I say it's going to have a direct effect, I don't mean in a good way. I I mean in a bad way. I, I mean in a in a very combustible kind of way. You've been in some of those locker rooms, so expand on that. Uh, even the, Let's go back to the Mojo one. Sure. Didn't have a positive impact on the locker room, or did or it had a negative impact on the locker room. I think so. I mean, without, I mean, without, I wasn't around for it, but I, I assume it had a negative impact. And have you seen one that have you have you been a part of one? 2010, 2000 to 13, to 14 to 15, whether it's Jacksonville or elsewhere. Have you heard of one that like 
it just feels like everybody's eyes are on it. You know, a guy gets a payday and it's a great announcement and it's like congratulations. And my guess they might even mention it in a team meeting or a or a group meeting and. And you're like, hey, congrats, awesome, you're buying, and then the jokes come, you're buying dinner tonight, yeah. and blah, 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 blah. But uh, this one's being played out in front of everybody, and I think those feel a little bit different because everybody is watching. Well, and I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank on a couple, but one that stands out to me, and it's, I mean, I'll be honest, a lot of guys in that locker room had their eye on it was Josh Kobe. Like, when Josh Kobe got paid... We were happy, man, because even like when I played Scoby, he was the Colts killer. Like if if you needed a guy to kick a field goal with a couple seconds left, especially against the Colts, Josh Scoby's the guy. Uh, and we knew that if he was in that kind of position, and we were up by three, or you know if we're if it was a close game, Scoby would close the game for us. So like when Scoby got paid. We all celebrated. I mean, we were playing Rick Ross, Aston Martin music in the locker room the whole time when he walked in, and then Scobie got an Aston Martin. Coincidence? I think not. No. Nope. But uh, we were happy for him, man. You know, so th- there is something to be said for for those types of of guys. You know, who are and even Scobie being so crucial to the team. Now, n- n- no, no offense against a kicker per se, but I think that Ngakwe would have a lot more influence on the team than, than Scobie did. Um, playing defensive end, being that pass rusher, sacking the quarterback. So, yes, there's going to be all eyes on deck for this one, especially a guy like Ngakwe who everyone talks about. You know, and everyone, I haven't heard one of his teammates yet say anything bad about him. Anything negative about him? No, and uh, no, even asked Dante Fowler, but uh, <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Um, and the, 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 they were going to blows, man. Yeah, the, uh, the I, I will say, uh, I think you're, I, I think you're right. I think this one is being played out differently than the ones we've seen in in the past with Jacksonville, and so I think there's a couple of things to to bring up. One, I've said this before, this Jaguars franchise in the last handful of years. Uh, I think that would probably put under Dave Caldwell's watch, it's safe to say, or he took over for Gene Smith. I feel like anytime there's been a contract situation, things have been positive. Mm-hmm. It's been a positive experience, it sounds like. We never hear any afterthoughts of contention and strife, stalemate, we hear. Instead, hey, it's Alan Hearn's deal. That's a pretty nice deal. They took care of Alan. Before they even had to. Yeah. Brandon Linder, they took care of him before they even had to. Sure. Even the Blake Bortles deal, again, I from mean, an organization to player standpoint, I'm not talking about, well, was it a good deal or not. I'm saying I from think, organization I think Alan Robinson maybe you could put him in that category where they, they didn't give him the money that they uh, he wanted. But, but we did talk to Alan Robinson at the Super Bowl, and, and when we talked to him, even he said they had re, their contract stuff was underway mm-hmm. around Labor Day that year. And then it, he was like, "No, I'm going to hold out. I'm going to I'm going to kind of bet on myself a little bit, or or they just didn't proceed far enough. Uh, I forget exactly what he said, but the bottom line, talks were underway for him to get a pretty significant deal and an offer from the Jags. It just hadn't been done. And then a week later, he gets hurt, yeah. and that kind of changed the whole dynamic of that situation. So even there, they were at at in the idea of taking care of Allen Robinson. Now, where would it have ended up? Would it? Would A-Rob said, hey, I want to go somewhere else. I can get more money. I don't think that's a good offer. That never played out. That one might have been an interesting one to see if it got where Yannick Ngakwe was. Now, the other side of that is maybe Allen Robinson's as close as it's come, yeah. but they have not had a mega deal like this from a homegrown guy to worry about. They really yeah, haven't. Now again, the Linder deal was you a can't mega call deal. Blake Bortles a mega deal. I mean, but even the Linder thing, it's a homegrown thing. Yeah. But the, it wasn't like, oh, you got to do this or else. Mm-hmm. You know, it was never presented that way. 
I mean, this is a guy now making $2 million who could be making $20 million. This is a totally different deal, premier player at his position. And that's why I think all eyes are on it, because they've got a couple of other guys coming up, right? Yes. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. Miles Jack. Miles Jack, to, to say at least a couple, and who mm-hmm. knows who else down the road. So I think... Uh, that, that's where my mind goes. Like, why does this one, why have we reached this point when none of the other deals in the past have reached that point? Telvin Smith's deal never reached that point. Marquise Lee's point never reached that point. None of those deals ever reached it. Uh, mm-hmm. So the Jags have, have looked at least over the last four or five years when it comes to contract extensions to pretty clean business. Yeah. You know, without a lot of hostility. And you look around the league and hostility can happen. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time. And that's why it's kind of new and, and interesting um, from from that standpoint of where this will go and how will it end up. And I think at least it so- feels like to me, from what I can gather, I kind of sense the balls now in Yannick Ngakwe's court. And it is because he's. Well, he's in holdout fashion right now. In fact, the Jaguars just announced they will place Yannick Ngakwe on the team's reserve slash did not report list. And some Telvin Smith news, he's on the team's reserve slash retired list. Okay. And what that basically means, if I've got this right, is his contract gets frozen at this juncture in terms of his Whatever. So, What's he got? Three years left on his deal? Two years left? Three years left on his deal? It doesn't count against the cap, but you can't use that money. Um, to pay somebody else, basically, is what you're saying. I'm going to ask that. I think that's, uh, that's the case, and I don't know how much like. of that is. I want to verify that before saying that part. But what I think does happen here, at least with this designation, mm-hmm. is Telvin Smith now goes into frozen mode on his contract. So say he comes back next year okay. or two years from now, whatever. Yeah. Well, now that contract resumes. Gotcha. Well, I was just going to say, too, and you know, this is all speculation, but say for some reason he comes back this year, and all of a sudden you have a cap that – Everything's looking peachy, and then Telvin Smith comes back, and now maybe the cap's kind of out of whack again. I mean, what do you do in that situation? You just tell him, like, hey, man, sorry, you kind of missed the boat. We're going to keep you frozen for the whole year. I mean, that's that's a question, too, you got to think about. Well, and I think the way, if you look at some of the way they've, say the Ngakwe stuff gets settled out. Yeah. From a dollar standpoint, if you look at, I think it was Frank Clark's deal. might have been DeMarcus Lawrence's deal, whatever. It, they got a ton of bonus money up front, right, guaranteed money up front. Therefore, that first year against the cap mm-hmm. is pretty low. I, I want to say one of them, whether it's Clark or Lawrence, is like $900,000 against the cap. Like that's the base mm-hmm. because everything else is in bonus structure and guaranteed money structure. So I think they have a way. They're not going to tie even if they do a deal with Ngakwe this year, and this is why they can do it now, even though they're only like $8 million under the cap, is because they can prorate and, and push so much of that bonus money up front that you really don't get hammered on the actual contract side until the back end. Yeah. Okay. So, so that there's again, there's ways to work it around. I don't think the Telvin situation really impacts them that much here. What the Telvin situation could do in terms of freeing up money is potentially getting a deal done with maybe a Miles Jack sooner mm. than waiting throughout the whole year, or say midseason deadline time. Say you really need a guy, and you can spend some money on a guy that might be seven or eight million bucks. Sure. So there, there's a lot of dollars and cents that you. goes into it. And well, I get it's kind of confusing for people. Yeah. I will find out about uh, how much money does go back to their cap. Uh, is it the whole what, whatever it is, $9.3 million? But I want to confirm that before uh, we speculate about that part. So getting back to you know the news of the day, Yannick Ngakwe, um, you said the ball's in his court now, correct? I think it is because now he's got to decide, all right, how steadfast am I going to be about sitting this thing out? Mm. 
how much am I willing to do? Yeah. Or do I want to go back and be like I say him, I mean his team. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go back and be like, hey, let's let's get this thing done? Yeah. You and know? so let me ask That's you. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah. I feel like the Jags are like, all right, our season started. And let us know when you're coming. And let me ask you this. And listen, I understand I, I can come across on this show a pro player because, I mean, I was a player. So obviously I want to see everybody get paid because uh, that's good for everybody. Um, but let me ask you this question, though. Do you think that he took any kind of offense, offense to the fact that it was a short-term deal? Because if I'm him, and I'm not, but I'm putting myself in his shoes right now, if I'm supposed to be, you know, this well-cherished guy, this guy that came through everything and did everything by the book and supposed to be a leader, the fact that they only offered him a short-term deal, if I was him, I would be a little taken back by that. I, I really would. Because, yes, money's important, Brent. It's, it's probably the most important thing in the NFL. But commitment and um, security is also up there as well. Well, uh, good thought right there. When we come back on the other side, uh, we'll have some phone calls. Uh, If you want to jump in, star star 690. My thought on that and what I know or think I know about the short-term nature that has been out there now and pushed out there uh, this afternoon. Also, the Jaguars, because of someone else's bad news, get some good news for a week three game against the Tennessee Titans. We'll share that with you uh, as well. All coming up on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. My favorite thing that happened today is still Austin Lane on the Jalen Ramsey stuff. Somebody called me a dumbass? Yeah, that was part of it. But just, I mean, this is just fantastic because... Let me see where I can find oh, and, and you it. Know I want to see what you said. I, I was so, trying to find out what you said. I said if you're offended, if you're offended that Jalen Ramsey showed up in a Brinks truck, maybe the biggest professional sport in the country isn't for you. And by the way, apparently there's a lot of basketball supporters out there because people try to call me out and tell me that basketball <laughs> that was, was the biggest sport. That was my first thought when oh, you put that. I said basketball people are gonna hate you. Maybe that's why you put I the mean, wrong. I mean, can we can we just be real though? Because I want to hear your opinion because you're a big basketball guy. Do you think football is the biggest sport in this country? In terms of, like, talking about, yeah. No, I'm just saying the biggest sport in general. I think it has the most hype, yes. Okay. Thank you, Goose. I'm just trying to couch it. That's from the driving podcast. He just can't pull himself to do it. Uh, Here's some of the responses. There's nothing offensive about someone making an ass out of themselves. He is free to do so. Oh, yeah. That's some of the comments. Yeah. Bigger sport than this? I think this is volleyball. <laughs> uh, Jason Brown says it was lame. Michael Sullivan, he thought about driving up as an Uber driver to remind himself to stay humble, but then said, humble, I eat the big meal every day. Yep. Lucas says, not offended, it's just corny, and he has two years left on his deal. Could you imagine McGregor doing something so corny? Oh, then we got into a big thing with that. The fact that, yes, I can m- imagine McGregor doing that exact same thing. I mean, that's up Conor McGregor's wheelhouse right there. I, I kind of feel like that. Yeah. He's all, I mean, Conor McGregor's persona is based off money, man. Like, of course he would pull up on a Brinks truck. See, I think everyone's upset with you is because you implied that if they didn't like it, they're old. Well, good. From the video. Then, well, then you're old. You probably are. Yeah, you probably I mean, are. And, and listen, I'm gonna, I'll be honest with you. I say nice things about Jalen now because I'm unblocked. Um, <laughs> but uh, That's very nice of you, Brent. It, and I was a little disappointed that Jalen didn't ask me to unlock the Brinks truck it's good in point. the back. You know, I it's feel like point. I could have been part of this skit. It's a good point. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll beef that out later. Yeah. I guess. Okay. I love the concept. I knew what was going on, like, immediately when I saw it, and it was great. But there's still a part of me that, like, the 
At first, I thought it was his dad actually on the megaphone. Yeah, which, which would have been, been classic. Yep, been and awesome. actually would have been right up there, their alley. You know, make it a right. family affair. I like it. But there's still something like, like the the idea, the concept, the brand. When I first saw it, I didn't think corny. I just thought. It just still doesn't feel Jalen. Like walk. Like if you saw McGregor walking out of that Brinks truck, he'd be doing the walk, right? Of course, yeah. And he'd have sunglasses on. Yeah. If you saw like Antonio Brown, he'd be like throwing money at people and wearing sunglasses and wearing gold and all this stuff. And there's still so, like the concept, the idea, the smarts of it. I, I mean, look at the attention it's got. It's fantastic. I liked it. Well, I just yeah. don't. I just don't know. I still feel like it's not. Jay, it's not all Jalen. You know what I mean? It's not like well, his his persona is not really walking out of a Brinks truck. And maybe that's the fun of it. Like, yeah. I don't really feel like he's going to do this three times a year like this. His his persona is yapping and mm. talking. And that's where it is. Not really like acting this kind of stuff out, in my opinion. Or maybe it becomes it. Maybe this is just kind of the foundation of that. But again, don't don't get this part twisted, as you like to say. I almost said. I, I thought, <laughs> I, I love the concept of it, the idea yeah. of it. The the fact that look what the attention's getting. This is what I love about this guy. You know, we joke a lot yes. about being bone blocked and blocked on Twitter, and that's all been a fun thing. But I'm like a big fan of this guy. I've said it for years. Not only what he does, but what he says and the, the, how we have to interact with him, how he interacts with the fans and the organization. If you want to be a good football team, and almost to a sense if you want to be a real football team in the NFL, these are the kind of players that exist in locker rooms. Now, I don't think you can have 12 of them, but I do think if you have two or three of them, you probably are going to be really good. Look at Dallas. Look at the Giants. Look at what Cleveland has now. Look at the teams that have had some success over the years. Patriots are in their own little world. Um, <laughs> Always that wire. That I, I just feel like I remember when Jalen came a, along as a rookie, and that part was cool, and it was fun. You're like, oh, he's a really good player. But when he, the Steve Smith stuff exploded, and I remember tweeting that stuff out. And my, it's still the most tweeted thing I ever had on, on Twitter is, is like the video of him talking about Steve Smith after the game. And I was like, we finally got one of these guys. Like, we finally yeah. have a player that everybody's talking about here in Jacksonville. Yeah. And well, that just hasn't just in, happened. Not just in Jacksonville, Brent. I'm talking on a on a world basis, really. You yeah. Know? Like, well, that's what I'm saying. We have that player on, that everybody's talking yeah. about, but he resides in Jacksonville. I, exactly. And listen. If if you have a problem with Jalen Ramsey doing this, then do you just want to go back to the dark ages when it was like people in my class that that were coming through that were pretty quiet, were tweeting about Shark Week, pretty low key, <laughs> nothing really, no no Brinks trucks, no talking, no nothing. Like, do you want to go back to those dark ages where the only time the Jaguars were mentioned was when there's a quarterback change? Like now the Jaguars are almost like the the, the hot topic, whether it's Jalen Ramsey and there's also you know Ngakwe as well. I think regardless of what happened there with Ramsey. The story was told would have been in Gakway yes. as well. It's a meat and potato it story, and more potatoes. so than the sizzle of yeah. Ramsey. Yeah. But, but guess what? If you watch Good Morning America tomorrow, if you watch any one of these, you know, E Entertainment News, whatever you call them, I don't watch them, so I don't know what they're <laughs> called. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, Mom. TMZ. Uh, TMZ, there you go. But I guarantee you're going to see Jalen Ramsey, and guess what? He's a Jacksonville Jaguar. He's putting this city on the map a little bit. And no, he's not doing something disrespectful. He's not talking smack about anybody like he was in the GQ magazine. He's literally just pulling up in a in a money truck, go, getting ready to go to work. And 
I think it's harmless. Um, if you want to call it corny, then so, so, so be it. Go and call it corny. I don't think it's corny. I think it's cool. I, I laugh my butt off seeing it. But at the at the same time, um, it's helping his brand out, number one. And number two, people are talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I and mean, that's the most important th- thing. There's, I don't know where Shad Khan is today, whether he's in his penthouse in Chicago, yeah. whether he's here in Jacksonville downtown, whether he's down in Naples, wherever he is, sure. whether he's on a private jet of his. That He's smiling. Of course. Ear to ear on but now here's the real question. Now, Tom what, is Tom probably is, what is Tom Kaufman doing <laughs> Tom right Nolan now? I don't care about this stuff. What is Tom Kaufman doing right now? But but that's a, like but Shad Khan is. Yeah. I think. I, I don't want to speak for him. I think he is. Yeah. I, I think I get now Brandon says and maybe he says it best. He's good for the sport and even better for the Jags. He's not the hero we deserve, but he's the hero we need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go look at Austin Lane's mentions. Uh, no, on no, Twitter. you're all good. It's fantastic. When he tweeted today, 742 likes, 137 retweets for Austin Lane. I love well, it. This is the last time I'm going to ever tweet anything again. If we got to no, go over, this, like, oh, I'm getting this many likes a, and this listen, many retweets. We have to start a Hall of Fame here's board a, here's of all a the tweets you guys back. have and which yeah. ones do best. Oh, this I is by do it for far the his best tweet. No, like, definitely not. Like, he has not. arrived today. No, definitely 342, not. he's arrived. Brent, this is my best tweet, man. The one where I almost went on NFL Live. Uh, before Sarah Welsh cut me off. <clears throat> um, but that was the best one. That even okay. did better? Oh, yeah, that one okay, did better. Okay, but that was a long time ago. People forget about that. People I mean, people were like in diapers at that time, and now they're on Twitter. So, yeah, that's that can't be the case. This, you know, former NFL guy, 2-0 as a radio star in the cage for MMA. But this one to me today, Dawson Lane said, I'm now a personality, media personality. <laughs> Today, it was like a coming out party for a radio personality, right. Austin Lane. It wasn't really my goal at all. Like, literally, I, I, I don't, and whatever, you can say whatever you want about it, but I'm not doing this for likes or retweets. I'm literally just trying to say a point here that it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, you should do it for you, likes and tweets. Well, I know, but you know, it's not really my style, man. I mean, hey, trust me. If, it, if <laughs> I wanted to, to get every night. Oh, yeah, oh, I know, yeah, I all you got to do is throw a link on that and then get some clicks back to the website. We'll yeah. be happy. All right, hey, we got to get South Beach Gary. He's been hanging yeah, for a long time. On. Sorry, man. Sorry to keep you waiting. But uh, what's happened? Howard would have never done this. Uh, we, I know. I, I've been enjoying the conversation. The song of the day is going to be Color My World by Chicago. Hey, Austin, you're without a doubt. Not, not to mention that. If anyone doesn't realize that the NFL is king, when, what, 16 out of the 17 highest-rated sports programs were NFL games Yeah. over yeah. the last year? I mean, my yeah. God, if you, if you don't recognize that the NFL is king, you don't know a lot about it. Thanks for watching CBS 47 okay. and Fox 30. We appreciate it. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, you, we talked before, Austin, about, you know, just to create goodwill, and you were talking about, you know, the relationships among the players in the locker room. Not only that, Austin, you know how players talk amongst themselves on, on, on different teams. Yeah. What about the fact that creating big names in the future, when guys are going to look at, look, they wouldn't even take care of their homegrown guy. Why, why do I want to go there when I have a chance to go elsewhere where they took care of the player the, the, more likely and, uh, you know, when, when money's close to equal, I'll go over this other place. Where they take care of that player. No, and you're absolutely right. And Am I a, right? No, you're, you're right. And there's a reason why I always talk about uh, Yannick Ngakwe being a third-round draft pick because that is important. I think when he was brought here, he wasn't brought here to be the guy. You know, he was being brought here to contribute, but they didn't anticipate that he would bust his ass so much. He would um, take it upon himself to be that vocal leader of that locker room, especially on the defensive line. And he would uh, kind of basically amount to a certified 
legit defensive end, and that's what, exactly what he's done. So you have a homegrown guy who was the underdog, who is now literally the top dog. I absolutely agree with you there, Gary. Well, that's Dr. a shame. Did. I, know you, I know you guys don't like me bringing him up, and I know they've had salary cap difference, but they took care of Damian Howard early, made him happy, and uh, the other guys look at that. On the chain. Yeah, you're right, Gary. Uh, good point on that. Thanks, South Beach, Gary, check it in. Gary. The thing about the Howard deal, though, is, again, it kind of goes back to they took care of him early, so therefore they weren't paying premium price. Of course. Because, you thing. know why? Because he's a premium position player, too. No, I mean, he this... is, but they didn't pay premium price. Like, that... If he holds yeah. that, if he waits a little bit longer, or if he wanted, I'm sure they could have too yeah. said, "Hey, we want three million dollars more a year. We're worth yeah. this." But I think because they ripped it up early and got it done early, they got a little bit better but, of a, a deal. So, and with Howard, though, is that what the Jacks are trying yeah, to accomplish? But remember, Brent. So Howard was a second team All Pro last year. Um, I think he's now the highest paid corner in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. So from that perspective, yeah, they, they paid early for but him. They still reset the market. He still got top dollar for it. Uh, one other thought on the whole like Jalen thing. From an NBA standpoint, Kuz, just to talk your language, <laughs> this to me, this stuff, which makes it fun, isn't different than all of a sudden now. We Every broadcast we see on the NBA, we see uh, the superstar walking in and what they're wearing. Yeah. Right? It's a showcase. Now, they don't really show Russell up in, in Brinks trucks, but yeah. every time they have something. I mean, that's yeah. where the, the what, the... Uh, Short suit, yeah. Shorts that we have, yep. Was that LeBron? Uh, no, was that West? No, West, West, West that was a lot of people. No, it, it was LeBron too. It was LeBron, I yeah. think, at one time, right? But, LeBron rocked that too. But that's that's kind of their way of doing it. That's yeah. So the whole, like you said, it's not that different. I mean, it's happening in sports now. Yeah, it's the way of the world. What I really want to do is see Mike Trout do it. <laughs> I want to see Kawhi Leonard do it. I want to see him move to L.A. and just become this biggest, flashiest guy ever. Balling and falling and impacts the Jags' opponent. Coming up next on the ESPN 690. Hey, it's balling and falling time. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Action Sports Jack Stewart. Weber checks in. Yeah. It's that time, Weber. Oh, it is time. I, I had my, my last kind of day of freedom yesterday. Uh, pack day. Zoo in the morning. 18 holes in the afternoon. Bowling at night. Good Hold a 224, by the way. So 224. You're welcome, world. Balling. Balling. Balling's in the books. Six six in a row at one point. It's a beautiful thing. Really? Yeah, when you is, get that. Is that a record? Uh, it's 224 record. 243 is my top. So it's pretty close. Oh, I started with a gutter ball, by the way. You started the whole whole, whole thing. The whole thing with a zero. Picked up that spare. The next time I went on that lane, also had a gutter ball in the first ball. I was just, I hadn't had a warm up, so that was my first. You were a little all or nothing. Literally times. first throws of the day. That's Anyhow. impressive. I'm impressed. I don't get impressed by you very often. Yeah. That's impressive. And that was a, you know, an exhausted form, too. 18 holes and a whole three hour walk around the zoo. That'll take a lot out of you in the sun. Yeah, that's a lot out of it yeah. for you. That's a lot of exercise for you. It was. Uh, Maybe not for Austin. You know. you know, I asked for shirt sizes from the Action Sports Jacks department, TV wise, and then even you guys. I don't know if you're getting any, but <laughs> okay. I know uh, from TV. Are these like polo shirts or yeah? We don't care. For training camp or yeah. Well, we don't have to, but okay. it's just uh, we may have a new graphics package coming out Can I on the, the TV side. Off Might have a new logo. Yeah, you can do whatever you want with Sweet. it. Sweet. Unless the logo's on the sleeve. Okay, well, then we can't do that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, you know, Stuart checks in at a medium. Yep. I said you might okay. want to remember that you got to wear this thing in December, four months into football season. Because that can turn it, into a large in football is season. Is that when you start now. packing on the pounds a little bit? Or Sometimes. What? I mean, fat ball season does tend to happen. 
from okay. time to time. I mean, I, this, is, this is my first year going through it, man. So yeah, you're I'm not eating well. Um, okay. But what I've found is that I've just prepared by having those bad eating habits the last few months so that now I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm in bad eating habit form as we start the season That's of it. Question Does that make sense? Guys. That doesn't make yeah, sense. I try not to do that. <laughs> can, uh, can we take part in the dining hall in the stadium? Do we eat uh, the food on occasion? On occasion? occasion? Yeah. You uh, can't do it every single day? Nah, it, in camp, they're usually pretty good about it, and I don't know with this new schedule if they'll allow it. Okay. Jags, Jags are pretty good to us. Uh, it just really depends on the scheduling. How about beverages? Can you have like something from like the Gatorade cooler or something? Uh, there's usually like a media cooler. They for have a okay. media cooler and water for us. Yeah. Is there, is there and Pedialyte? I'll have, my, I'll have my coffee water. out there if you just want some. Just this water. I'll yeah. Brandon will have a few cups of coffee. I was trying to steal some Pedialytes and sell them, man. Those, <laughs> things, are, those <laughs> things are high commodity, You're especially in Jacksonville. Well, you can sell them for five bucks a pop. You take you know, take five of them. That's 25 bucks right there, Brent. That's that's I, lunch. Very good. Thank you. Lunches. Good stuff. Plural. That yeah. one, you can donate that toward Yannick Ngakwe's contract. <laughs> there we go. Uh, and uh, Stewart's working on Jaguars All Access. We've got our first one tomorrow night, 7 o'clock on Fox 30. Uh, so we'll have that ironed out. We've got to add a little something to the rundown. <laughs> Work, working on the, the aforementioned graphics packages you were, you were talking yeah, about. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Big day tomorrow. We, uh, by the way, will be on TV starting at 7 or 8 in the morning on Fox 30 and CBS 47. We'll be there at noontime as well. Uh, we'll be on social media channels. Here on the radio, we're doing our show from the stadium, mm -hmm. and uh, then uh, access at 7 o'clock on Fox 30. Then first and 10, we do first and 10 training camp, 11.15, 11.20 every night during camp, uh, Monday through Friday. So uh, that begins tomorrow, too. So nonetheless, tomorrow's a busy day. There will be some college football mixed into tomorrow's as yes, well. Yes, uh, the, the Gators are unbelievable. The Gators have media day tomorrow, oh. and they announced it yesterday. Huh. That they have media day. Now, in fairness to them, if I, probably if I covered the t Gators and we covered the Gators like in Gainesville day in day out, they probably would have told us like a week ago or maybe even at SEC media days it probably was announced. But well, uh, bottom line is, uh, is is Tampa starting to the Bucks? Are the Bucks starting Not tomorrow? Sure. My guess is the Bucks start tomorrow and the Jags start tomorrow. Now those are two areas that lean into and, and kind of. Go into Gainesville. And I know Florida shouldn't really have to worry about us. Right. But a media day on the day that the camp opens is, let's just say, tricky. Gotcha. I yeah. that but guess. I guess we're going to go anyway. Yeah, we'll yeah. figure it out. Cool. Can you use your sources to talk to Mr. Caldwell to see if I can come play defensive end until Gakwe gets back? They have two if roster I spots make, open. I mean, yeah. if, if I get paid for the week, man, I'll be happy with it. They well, have good. two spots open. Yeah, you see payment for the week. I'll, I'll go ahead and take up some space. I like you need me to do. Uh, yeah. Very good. All right, Ballin, what you got? Ballin, uh, Brent, you know what? I'm not a fan of talking about the Yankees on the show, as oh, you are not man. a fan either. But when it comes to involving my pick... The very distinguished honor of leadoff player of the year, which I picked, Aaron Hicks. Got to give him some props last night where he made the web gem of the century to let the Yankees go ahead and win the game in extra innings. Check out the audio. The 2-1. Kepler lines that in the air to left center. Hicks on the run. Dives. And he made the catch. He made the play. Oh, my goodness. What a catch. That's right, Twins. Stop focusing on the long ball and just hit those singles. Hit them on the ground. But the Yankees won last night thanks to Aaron Hicks. Props to him, my leadoff uh, player of the year nominee. <laughs> so I'm glad you got a highlight in for your leadoff player of the year. I like that. <laughs> I've seriously been searching for the past like four months to try to find something on him, and he finally presents himself. I like that call, by the way. We so often have to admonish the play-by-play -play guy for not having any energy. Good energy there on the call. We yes. like that. Oh, by the way, and you know, I was leaning toward 
what you just said. I was actually going to give a nod to Hicks and the Yankees, and that was a wild game. Did you see the game? Yeah. You, you weren't giving a nod to I the Yankees. I was going to think about doing Come it. On. Came but from behind. I will say this. That was uh, like MLB said, catch of the year. Like, no, it wasn't. He didn't even have to dive for it. Oh, I mean, he, he was extended, it. Brent. If he kept, he caught it like at his shoulder. Now, he covered a ton of ground. Yes. So I'm not trying to take away the catch. But sometimes us outfielders make catches yeah. look better than they are. Okay. That was one of them. I mean, you are the baseball guy, so I'll take your word for it. But Especially Yankees. Sounds like There's you're, no way he looked as good as he. Sounds like you're hating people say. a little bit. Just a smidge, but okay. It was a really good night for Major League Baseball, yeah. though. That's part of my balling. Part of falling has to do with the Tennessee Titans. That's next on ESPN 690. All right, get some phone calls on the uh, Jaguar situations, most likely with Yannick Ngakwe in just a moment. Welcome back to Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. Brent Bortno, Austin Lane with the tweet of the day. Uh, Action Sports Chats, Stuart Weber. Kuz here as well and so mad at us because we don't talk basketball anymore. Uh, my <laughs> balling. How about the San Francisco Giants? You see the panda? I went to the panda last night, yeah. I, I mean... There's a part of me, I tweeted that out. I was like, that ball should not go out of the park. It was low, like off the plate, mm-hmm. opposite field by the Panda, which just shows you the ridiculous nature of how the baseball is traveling this year. It should not happen. It just shouldn't. That's not a bad pitch from the pitcher, and that ball should not go out of the park. Simple as that. Yeah. It shouldn't. Okay, so now i got to get off my lawn and <laughs> uh, and stop complaining about baseball and home runs. But I will say, how about the Giants? I mean, they are on fire. They have four walk-off wins in their last six games. There's a stat. Last time they did that, 1958, the first year the team played in San Francisco. They've gotten themselves right in the mix. Isn't this Bochy's last year as manager of San Francisco? I think he's retiring after this year. One of the most underrated, underappreciated coaches slash managers in professional sports, maybe history, is Bruce Bochy. He's good. He's really good. Yeah. I was going to say, it looks like they're coming on for him. I'm just bitter because the team that I picked, the Rockies, are starting to fall off now because I have the Rockies winning the division. But the Giants are interesting now. I mean, listen, they're 14 and a half games behind the Dodgers. It's not about the West. They're they're playing for a wild card spot because the Dodgers are are playing unreal this year. But it's interesting. If if you're the Giants, because you got to remember, like, you're talking about Madison Bumgarner getting traded or letting him go. But now you kind of look at how, you know, the National League's playing out for the wild card spot. If you're the Giants, I mean, you almost got to go for that wild card spot, right? And you can't really have a fire sale anymore, per se. And that was it. That's a great point. I think I heard uh, maybe it was Buster Olney or, or your guy Kirkshin yeah. talking about it the other night. And I think he was saying they have a tough decision to make because they've got some arms. I, I think they could have unloaded. But now that they're back in the mix, you got to make decisions. The Red Sox are in a similar situation. The wild card presents that. It's a difficult spot for a lot of Especially teams. Especially with two spots now. Do you unload or do you go chase it? And I think it, as organizations, especially like San Francisco, the Red Sox, I don't think they can – with their fan bases – you got to always go for it, in my mm. opinion. I, I, it's just something you sign up for with those fan bases. You can't say I'm quitting on the season. I was going to say, if the Giants are so good, they wouldn't have needed walk-offs. They'd have already been in the lead by a lot. Mm, true. There's something to be said about <laughs> a little magic. <laughs> At the end of the day, I think, uh, I think if you look... At stats in Major League Baseball and one-run games or, or extra inning games, your result in those usually dictate if you made the postseason or not. You know, like the Rays won like 90 games last year, but I think they were really bad in one-run games, if I'm not mistaken. So you've 
it comes down to that. I it's mean, it's, well, it's, well, it's yeah. no different than it's football, right? Gene, yeah, it's know? no different than football. Yeah. I mean, what do we say? Every game comes down to like three plays. And sure. did you make those plays on Sundays or, or not? And you're usually six and 10 or 10 and six. Uh, there's always that. What do you got for Fallen? So, uh, Brent, you teased a little bit. Tennessee Titans, Taylor Luan. Um, their star Pro Bowl tackle has tested positive for Ostrin. And for those who don't know what Ostrin is, it's, it's considered an SARMS. They call them SARMS. And Should I take it? Uh, if you wanted to, if you want to get ripped. But basically, it stands for a selective androgen receptor modulator. And long story short, it's a steroid. It makes your muscles bigger. Um, it makes recovery that much easier. Um, he failed the test. This is something from a test that happened during the off season. Um, and that was sample A. Now, when he failed sample A, Terry Luan took it upon himself to actually take a polygraph test, which he supposedly passed, according to his Twitter video here. So he passed a polygraph test and was waiting to see if the B1 would fail. Uh, all signs point to the B1 failing as well. So even though Taylor could more than likely submit the polygraph test to prove that he unwillingly took a steroid that was maybe mixed in a, like a, a contaminated supplement, that doesn't really make a difference because the Titans are playing the Jaguars week two. If I'm not mistaken, three, and three. I'm sorry, three. Thursday night. Forgive me, Houston, then not Tennessee. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, he's going to be sitting out at least four games. Um, so, yeah, Taylor Lewan's going to be out, and that's big for the Jaguars, obviously. He's a, he's a kind of a staple on the offensive line. So, um, hopefully the Jaguars have Yannick Ngakwe to get <laughs> to Marcus Mariota. <laughs> yeah. Good. Or, else, or else Josh Allen's going to feast. Good segue, but not even that. Luan is like, uh, from a playing against, I'm sure, I'm not saying this about him. Uh, from a teammate perspective, mm-hmm. whatever else, but he's like an a hole to play against. Uh, I'm gonna say this. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's I mean, like he's not the guy. If you want, like, okay, if you watch him during a game, you don't want to go against the guy's defensive end. And to me, that's the ultimate compliment. Yeah. So that's what I have to say about. Him. And so they're gonna be without them. That's some attitude. Yeah. That's some chip. That's like in that game. That's an important part of that game. So yes. that, like beyond his play, I think the attitude part of that, what he brings against the Jaguars, is could really hurt Tennessee. On that night. So Derrick Henry's going to run to the other side. <laughs> That's what we're hearing. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, all right. My following will go back to the uh, – it's going to get us into our uh, uh, conversation here on the telephone. You just uh, said it. Um, does anybody call it the telephone anymore? Uh, <laughs> Definitely not. And you just said it. Back to the Ngakwe Jag situation. I don't know who to put the blame on just yet mm-hmm. because there's posturing going on. But this shouldn't get to this point. This should not be here. And, and whoever's at fault for, for being here, whether the Jags aren't offering a lot, they're lowballing the, the situation, they didn't start the conversations earlier, whether it's Yannick's camp and saying, well, this is a pretty good deal, $2 million versus making $19 million or $20 million and all this money guaranteed. I, I don't know who it is. And there's arguments on both sides. And I can lay them all out there. I think we have for the better part of six months. But this shouldn't be here. There should be no re- there's already been a little drama this offseason with this situation. How will it play out? Uh, the whole Telvin Smith deal. And I really just don't feel like this should be. This should be a good news day. Hey, there's a news conference. Hey, look at uh, Yannick signing the contract extension. And bam, he's off uh, and running for the next four years in a Jaguars uniform. And let's see how good this defense can be. It's an unnecessary distraction now. And how long it carries on, I think, could really be. Uh, impactful to a degree, at least to set the tone. I, I don't think it changes their season as long as he gets here. Now, if he doesn't show up, that that's a different story. But I think the, you know, in two weeks, if he signs a deal, it's like, okay, all forgotten. It's not a big deal. But with, with what we've said, that all eyes in the locker room are on this deal, all eyes in Jacksonville, all eyes around the country, uh, at least that care about the NFL, 
are, are watching this thing, and I just don't feel like it should have got to this point. So yeah. uh, whoever's at fault, uh, you know the answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. I probably don't, but uh, I wish it didn't get to this point. Let's welcome in Saqib uh, here on the program, uh, checking in on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, and I think wants to talk to you on Eakin Gakwe. What's up, man? Hello, guys. How are you? How you doing? I'm good, man. I was just kind of curious. Was that the real offer the Jaguars offered a $50 million plus, $19 million? And can we use some of that uh, Telvin Smith money that we're not going to obviously pay him because he's retiring to give Yannick the new contract? And I just wanted to see if you guys can, you know, chime in a little bit. about. I don't know about the cap because I was going through the cap earlier, and uh, I saw on Twitter that he's they're going to put him on retirement list. So if we can use that money to pay Yannick the contract that we need to pay him so we can – so we, he can come back and we can have the number one defense in the NFL like we did a couple of years ago. All right, so keep thanks, man. Appreciate you listening to the show and appreciate you calling in and, and good questions all around. Mm-hmm. So let's summarize this. Let's go to the Telvin Smith story first because it's 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 easier. Uh, reserved retired list. What that does is it stops his contract, just stops it cold. He is now um, just frozen. The, the whole situation. Uh, Jaguars don't use a roster spot for him, so now they can use it for somebody else. If he comes back next year, in two years, decides to play football, whatever it might be, they is, that contract resumes. I think there's three years left on it. I know this next year it's like nine and a half million, nine and three quarter million dollars uh, they're on the books for. It would pick up then. Now, would they then decide to renegotiate, cut him, trade him, all those things? That's a different story. But that's how the contract works. So the Jags actually get credited here in 2019 with $9.75 million. That's a good thing for the Jags. If you're not going to have Telvin Smith, at least you have money to play with. I think they were about $8.5 million under the cap to begin with to start training camp. So now you throw that together. Now you got about $18 million to play with. And it goes back to what I don't think this has to do, to Saqib's question, has to do really anything with Yannick Ngakwe's contract. What that could mean is if the Jaguars, I think, want to do two things. One, somewhere around the trade deadline, or maybe even it's when roster cuts are made. Add somebody that might be a bit costly, they can now afford them. The other thing I think it could do, if they don't find anybody of that nature, if they don't need a $5 million wide receiver or $6 million tight end that got cut, or whatever it might be, well, then I think they could, if they want to, uh, is start working on a deal with a guy like Miles Jack. And say, all right, let's start allocating some money here. And let's utilize this money in 2019 rather than down the road when maybe Telvin is back and now he's assuming those dollars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think there's some logic involved in in thinking those two ways with some of the money that the Jags now have created. I don't really think it slides to Yannick Ngakwe. What it could slide to him is maybe they do allocate more money. Like uh, I said, one of the deals, the Lawrence or or Clark deal, has – I'm telling you, I think it's a base salary of like 890000 or $900,000. The rest is all put up in bonuses, and he's getting a ton of money in year one. It's just not counting against their cap. So they can play around with the dollars, and now maybe they do put more money in year one of Yannick's deal because it's available given the Telvin situation. So there's a lot of different ways this can go. Bottom line is they get credited for almost $10 million, which – Helps the organization, gives them some flexibility if Delvin's not going to be here. So, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, I was going to say, Saqib was mentioning the Tom Pelissero tweet yes, uh, yeah. from the NFL Network. He's the one who put out some of these figures that the Jaguars offered a short-term deal worth $19 million per year with $50 million plus over the first two years. So that's not a contract of $50 million. It's just that the first two years, according to Tom Pelissero, 
had 50 plus million allocated with the whole thing being 19 million per year. Now, is that three years, 57 million? Is that four years, 76 million? That's a good question. We would, we would all love to know right now what, what the full terms of that contract would be. But those are the terms that were put out by Pelissero, whether that's from Yannick's camp or the Jaguars camp. I don't know. Yeah. And it's a good. So I tweeted over that Pelissero, uh, tweet earlier and. We talked about the short-term nature, long-term nature, and I actually erroneously said, looked at that $50 million plus, not as over two years, but as guaranteed. Right. And thankfully, Alfie caught me on that so I could catch oh, that. Yeah. Because there is a difference. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. But still a lot of money over the yeah. first two years. What I haven't, what I wonder about is the short-term nature versus the long-term nature. And I think people are getting wrapped up in that a little bit, and I'm not sure I agree with them. Uh, but I would like to bring you back. When you guys were together, and you were Yannick Ngakwe, and you were Ari Nissen, the agent, the agent, I did present an offer on our whiteboard. You did? You had a few For offers. four years, $76 million, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and $40 million guaranteed, I think it was. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. I'm not taking it. That's what you're asking. Yeah, you didn't take it that day. Yeah, I'm not we'll taking it now. We'll see if I can talk to you now. More on that contract. Short-term versus long-term. What does this deal look like as Saqib presented? It's next on ESPN 6-9. We kicked Weber out. We bring John Bachman in. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking about high-tech pimps. Well, that, uh, yes, that's the that's the one I wanted to get to. Of course, we have we have a big uh, big news day today locally. We had a well, huge... First of all, let me just yeah, clarify fine. before you get into serious news. Okay. Bachman and high-tech pimps are not related. No, not, not at all. Yeah, not in any way, shape, or form. No, they do not. Uh, no, no, but, uh, absolutely not. This is, this is not. our TV timeout coming up on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Go ahead. All right, so coming up at 5 o'clock on Action News, Jax. Thanks for the clarification, Brent. Uh, we, we Big big story last night. If you were watching Action News, Jax, last night was this uh, huge fire, yeah. apartment fire on the north, uh, north Jacksonville. Callaway Cove it used to be Washington Heights. HUD housing, and uh, a whole bunch of people were hurt. I think 12 families are looking for places to stay right now, and uh, three children critically hurt in all of this. Mm-hmm. That's the big headline, which is just awful in all of this. Um, and and what makes this really even worse is as as now that Action News Jax is investigating some of the history of this place and some past failed fire inspections. So that's what we're uncovering at five o'clock. And as you just mentioned, at five thirty, high tech pimps. What does that mean? Well, that's um, robotic pimps. I don't know. Oh, no, it's not. It's it, <laughs> okay. So you guys know Backpage. You remember Backpage? You got yeah, a lot of news. Yeah. Backpage. <laughs> well, listen. I shouldn't say you yeah, don't yeah, know so Backpage. Backpage. Yeah, you really, really attacked like, Yeah, I remember that really Backpage. What happened to it? Yeah. I have no idea what it is. What happened to it? I've if you're not watching, if you're not watching a live stream, Brent's turning a shade of red yes, right now. Yes, So Backpage was uh, absolved. What is Backpage? They, 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 they shut it down. I, I, apparently, they shut it down. Okay, so is now, that where Kraft went? <laughs> why, no, no, that's allegedly. Um, we're really gonna shut down. All right. Andy, oh gosh, I gotta, I gotta get out of here quick. No, uh, but now there's another site that uh, has has prompted some arrests in Jacksonville, and so uh, Bridget Matters uh, uncovering this new way for pimps to pimp out prostitutes. Um, online and try, you know, they're trying to skirt the skirt the rules. Of course, I don't know how they police that stuff has got to be well, difficult. It's, it's hard because there are so you know so many outlets there that you you'd have to be watching all the time and 
It's just not happening. We don't talk TV timeout without mentioning Burrish's name. And oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's an well, especially today. Name, but, especially today. Uh, so, yes, it's wet out. This is a weird day. Like, yes, this is this not is your not... normal, like, sunny and, and then for the 95. Record, for and... the record, he gave you the first alert on that. He usually does. Yeah, he's, he, was, he, was, he was way out in front of this. Yeah. But, yes, today he, he called. He said, today we're going to get rain in the morning like we did my house and all day long off and on. Um Unlike the usual Florida summer day where you get a pop-up storm in the afternoon and then it goes back to 95 and 120% humidity. So, yes, it is strange, but we are going to get back on track. I think he says um, as, definitely by Friday. I, I'm not sure about tomorrow. I think tomorrow is later, rain later. So if you've got your tea time tomorrow, Brent, um, it's going to be okay <laughs> in the morning. I am going to be busy at Jack's practice. Yes, I am reporting. You oh, you're going to be working. Yes, I'm oh, reporting. That's great. I mean, yeah. reporting to camp. Excellent. Not holding out. Not, not in a Brinks truck? <laughs> not in a Brinks truck. You sure? Although, I, I mean, we can talk to, we talk to the bosses about that. Can we, can the the we take the storm tracker? Dude, the storm tracker. tracker. That's the way to go. We should do something like that. I think that. that's Let's it. take the storm tracker. Uh, storm tracker is pretty cool. It is very uh, cool. Last great thought, things. Uh, did you look at the ratings from the noon show yesterday, and did we see a bump? Without question, we saw a bump. Okay. Good. Uh, you were doing the show. So you got to say All right. John Bachman, Taniki Hughes, Mike Burrish. And uh, check out Sports at 6.50 on Fox 30. Uh, CBS 47, Fox 30, 5 o'clock. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. Good to see you, dude. Good to see you. All right. Uh, back to what Saqib had mentioned to us about the contract and and short-term, long-term. I think that's the main question now because Pelissero's tweet said short a shorter-term deal, mm. right? Yes, correct. Well, here's my theory on that. Everything we've talked about has been Frank Lark. The Marcus Lawrence, five years, one hundred and five million, or five years, hundred million, somewhere in that neighborhood. So every time we say five years, five years, five years, I think maybe this should have said shorter term, not short term. I don't think this is a three year thing on the table. I really don't. I think it's a four year thing. Now maybe, maybe they want to get it to three, but I feel like this is a four year. Maybe somebody wants to get it to three, but I think this is a four year deal. It still gets him out at whatever that is, what, 27, 28 years old if he signs it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and really, you got to remember these contracts. If it's a four-year deal, that last year is pretty much non-existent because you're either ripping it up and doing it again or you are getting cut. Getting cut. Yeah. Right? Correct. I mean, so the last year of a deal, so you could say if it's a three-year deal, really it's a two-year thing. Like you had mentioned before the break, Stuart, over $50 million dollars. In the first two years. So that's a lot of upfront money, not necessarily guaranteed, uh, but it is a lot of upfront money. And, and to be, it's essentially guaranteed. I mean, he's going to play here for two years. Um, and he's going to get 50 plus million dollars in that time frame. Principles, Brent principles. Do you know why Frank Clark got a five year deal? Do you know why Demarcus Lawrence got a five year deal? Because they're trying to build the team around those players. What are you saying if you only offer a Yannick Ngakwe a three-year deal or maybe a four-year deal, like you're saying? Okay, but you're not. I don't think you're thinking about this all the way through. Why can't this be Yannick's side? Why, why isn't it Team Ngakwe that wants the shorter-term deal to get him to 28 years old and on the market again? Because it's like I said, I think he wants some stability. I think he wants. I mean, injuries happen, Brent. I don't well, know. Well, I you know? bet, bet on myself as I'm taking home 50 million. You can bet on yourself too, but you gotta you gotta be a realist as well. You know, I mean. Say you, for some reason Ngakwe gets hurt that second or third year and he's out for a little bit, then his stock completely plummets. You know, plummets and injuries happen. Whether it doesn't matter the position, but I feel like defensive linemen are up there in terms of percentage of guys who at least acquire some kind of injury in their career. Now Ngakwe, for whatever reason, hasn't been hurt before yet. 
You know, not to say I, that's going to happen, but I'm just saying taking that into account as well. Wow, it's football, yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, we're talking about these four- and five-year deals, but in the NFL, there are two-year deals. There are a lot of – it's basically I don't know, I don't know the exact not, numbers. Not for on, franchise players, though. If you're trying to sign a franchise player, a guy that you want on your team, that you're going to build so a team Jaylen around. Ramsey? You, you're going to give Jalen Ramsey a two-year deal? No, I'm no, saying no, Jalen Ramsey's that franchise player. How many franchise players are we going to pay and treat as franchise players? You don't players? think Yannick Ngakwe is a franchise player? I don't think so. You don't think he's going to be a leader? I think he'll be a leader. I don't what think is, he's that one guy that you build a team around. Let me ask you this. If, then. if you what had is to your, pick one on this Jaguars what's roster. Your definition? Well, you can have more than one, man. I mean, you? If, you, if you want to have a solid team, you have to have more than one. Absolutely. Especially on offense and defense. I just think that you're you're putting that same moniker on too many people, personally. I, I think that you're really, if you're going to build around that one person and give them that giant contract, I think that Jalen Ramsey's that guy. Two things in play here. I don't necessarily uh, agree with Weber, okay. but I will. let me ask this question as a follow-up, and I'll help you defend your case a little bit, I guess. Where would you rank Ngakwe as on the defense in terms of In terms best of players? what? Best, best players? players? Uh, it goes Ramsey. I'm going Campbell. And it's I would probably go Ngakwe to three or four. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, between what, Miles and him? Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm leaning at. And I, I would um, say Ngakwe's proven more. So I think yeah. Ngakwe deserve, deserves to be three. But the resume says, yeah, I think you're – I mean, that's but, not but a knock not on – It's not, not Boye Ngakwe. up there at all? I don't think so. I don't – from an impact position player, I mean, like the way Ramsey is, even I don't see Boye that way. Uh, now, two years ago, he was unbelievable. Last year, a little less. But uh, again, it, you can make these arguments. Sure, yeah. they're, they're, they have a lot There's of good, a lot players. Of good players. It's not on a the knock defense. against anybody yes. being the third best player on their defense. But I think Boye is good as well because Jalen Ramsey is so good. You know what I'm saying? Like where you can put Jalen Ramsey on the single coverage, and then Boye can get a little help in the backside, and you're good to go. And by the way, you know that's why everything does feed off Jalen a little bit because even Calais Campbell and Yannick Ngakwe can stay, say, "Hey, Jalen holds these guys down. True. We get another half a second. Or Yannick, which he has said, says, hey, Calais helps me on that side. He gets, I get to the quarterback, or I help Calais get to the quarterback. So it does work hand in hand. It wasn't an argument of, oh, let's start ranking the players. It was just more to yeah. the point of, if you are going to have franchise and you need to invest in the quarterback. So whether you think Nick Foles is the best co- player on the team or top five player on the team, the bottom line is you need to invest in quarterback. That It doesn't matter if you think he is or not. The investment needs to be made, mm. and nobody will argue with that. So it, it is an interesting part of this equation because you know you're saving some for Ramsey. You're already paying Calais Campbell, and that could change by next year. Miles Jack is on the horizon. You're already paying A.J. Boye in this conversation. So I, I don't think uh, you're wrong about it, but I do think it's – I don't know if it's a defense, but it's part of the equation. Sure. And the thing that, uh, that Stewart was talking about is he was saying, I believe, that most contracts in the NFL, even the Nick Foles contract – which is four years, like $88 million, could earn $100 million. After two years of the Foles contract, you can basically get out of it. You know, and you've paid your money. And you, Malik Jackson, they were able to cut Malik Jackson, even though it was a $90 million deal, because they had already paid him his money. They weren't going to eat a lot of dead money. That was the big problem with the Bortles contract. The Bortles contract, you wanted to get by that second year, so you didn't have this $19 million dead and also $6.5 million guaranteed. So I think that's what he's saying. If you... For both player and really more, it gives power to the organization. If you build these as heavy two-year deals, even though it might say four- or five-year deals, well, you get your way out of it. And the player gets a lot of money up Player front. gets their money, team gets their flexibility. Yeah. 
my question to you, who's going to rush the passer if Ngakwe is gone then? And because one would assume, and we don't know what's going to happen with Clarence Campbell. We're right. not sure yet, but you'd think that Clarence you mean Campbell like next year, yeah, next year, yeah. and the years after that. I think you're going to go by committee, like they always do. To be honest, you're talking so, about a guy. So, so a committee like Josh Allen and whoever else. Josh is, Allen, Smoot, bring him in. Whoever they draft this year, whoever they develop on this team. Okay. And just keep it rolling. Now, I'm not saying that they don't need Ngakwe, that he's not an important piece. I just, I just wouldn't label him as franchise. I wouldn't put that word. On him personally, would you put the word leader on him? I actually think I, that's a little bit premature. I feel like he, he can wants develop to be a leader. Into it. Who, who's the leader on the defense? Clarence right Campbell. Clarence. Besides him, uh, Talbot Smith, who's not here. Yeah, I, I think uh, that maybe was kind of blown up a little bit. Yes, maybe but phony leadership. Uh, vocal it, it, leadership <laughs> in a way. I think. I don't know. I think. Okay. I think uh, that's a big question. I think Willie Jackson played a little bit of that because yeah. of his experience and his winning ability. I think, I think Boye Bowl. plays a bit of a role in that. Jalen has said he doesn't want that, but I think Miles Jack is the quarterback of that defense. Does he become that a little bit? And yeah, I'm not saying Yannick can't be. I just think Yannick has spent this off season telling everybody that he wants to be a leader, and that's good. You got to be eager to do it. But he's, I, I just, he's not just telling everybody. I, I see him at OTAs breaking down the huddles. I see him yeah. at OTAs being the first guy um, through every single. Defensive drill, whether it's with Clayus Campbell, whoever it is, he's the guy that's always leading everything. Yeah, and I just don't think we have enough uh, evidence of saying, oh, this guy is he's the undoubted team cat. Like, he's not Paul Pazlozny, he's not Calais Campbell yet. He might become that and in this new role, especially if it gets a big deal. All right, two things when we come back. I put a poll question out there. Who has the leverage, or most of it, in this deal right now? Jags or Yannick Ngakwe's camp? We'll talk about that on the other side. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Puts on the magic whiteboard. Jalen. <laughs> you want to tweet that out? That will get some headlines, too. <laughs> MAGA. Make Adidas great again. Make Adidas great again, baby. That's what he's doing. He's bringing some kind of relevancy to Adidas. What's I've... the new slogan? It's not make America great again. It's. I have no idea. Are we talking politics now? Asking the wrong person. Yeah. Just quick thought. I've, they changed it. I feel like they I'm, changed for I 2020. Know, I, don't, I don't know. I don't want, you guys don't want to go there. <laughs> no, no. I, no, I like literally don't know. Talk. I literally yeah, have no I'm idea. Literally like, shaking. Oh, I don't know. I was just going to say Adidas stock is actually down right now. <laughs> oh, dear. Is it really? A little bit, yeah. Come on, after the armored truck 2%. and everything? Well, all the, yeah, all the mean, money was in the armored truck, we'll so that's when the stock week. went down. Yeah. I said two things when that came out. Uh, I said, is that Marcel Darius' Brinks truck? Nice. Because you know he has one? No. Like he bought one? At some point, I don't know if he still has it, but he owned a Brinks truck. Just for the heck Like of a it? retired one, of course. Like, did but, he like trick it out and have like TVs and stuff yeah, in the back? that's a good I question. I don't something. know. Okay. I don't know. But, but I, that's I cool. remember him say a couple years ago. And then... Uh, and then I thought maybe that was Yannick's money, and Jalen was going to deliver it. <laughs> now, see, that would, have been, that would have been awesome. Yeah. If, like, if Him come out and be like, I got a delivery for somebody. That would have been great. I like that. You know? Yeah. If they had reached an agreement. Yeah. This is what I said in the fall. And like, come on, man. Announce this thing. Reach the agreement. Yeah, let's all yeah. get along, and let's celebrate hundreds of millions of dollars. And then Jalen bringing it out would have been awesome. Like, that would have been good. I would have put a twist on this thing. Doesn't feel like their style, though. Uh, well, you got to get it done first, either well, way. True. Uh, all right. He's 24 years old. The bottom line is it's got to get done at some point, right? You cannot let this guy go. You just can't because you homegrown. It's homegrown talent. 
it's you build through the draft for these purposes so you can re-sign your guy. You have the leverage to re-sign your guy and nobody else can get to him. And at that premium position, it's the same with Jalen Ramsey. I mean, in all honesty, and I don't agree with this, I'm not saying they should, but you would be you could let Miles Jack go before you'd let anybody any of these guys go. You just have to have them. Mm-hmm. For another three or four years. Now, if they become issues, if their play drops and uh, you just get outpriced and you're in a really bad situation down there, or whatever it might be, at least you got seven or eight years out of these guys and they were yours. You know, you drafted them, you did a good job drafting them, even if people want to say, you know, uh, Jalen fell in your lap, doesn't matter. You drafted them. And this is something this team hasn't been able to do a lot is just go second contract. Second contract, their own guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is. Now, again, Brendan Linder, uh, Marquise Lee. A.J. Can, technically. Again, A.J. Can, Bortles. Uh, so, I mean, they've tried it. They've done it. Some have worked, some haven't. You can argue how much it's worked and how much it, if they should have paid as much. Alan Hearns, by the way, fits in that. It wasn't a draft guy, but a found guy. Uh, and, and really, when it comes to Yannick Ngakwe, the pride, this is why I think it is silly that people put, like, well, I'll pay the guy. They don't want to get, of course they want to pay him. Like, that's. I think even the other side will acknowledge they want Yannick Ngakwe on their roster. You know why? Because if I drafted Yannick Ngakwe and I found him in the third round, I want to sit there and pump my chest out and flex down the hallways in Jags headquarters say, I found that guy, and he's with us for eight years, and he's third in franchise history in sacks, and he's going to go to the Hall of Fame someday. You want to be that guy. So let's like we can already erase the idea that the Jags don't want Yannick Ngakwe, right. or they want to lowball him to the degree that they want to tick him off and send him somewhere else. That's just unrealistic. It's not It's not real stuff. Um, that's made-up drama. And that's why I do think they got to a place. I think they got to a table and said, hey, here's the deal. And then this side didn't like the deal, and then things explode somewhere along the way. And I believe there's a take it or leave it, and it's it's been left at this juncture. I always think that can come back. To the table, but I think at this point it's been left. That's why he's holding out. So in all this discussion, we've had a lot of it over the months, and really a lot today. And it's the hot topic today. I'm not letting it go. It's a, it's a big topic, and if you're just jumping in your car, I think you want to hear about it. Uh, the leverage situation is fascinating to me. It's, it really does come back to that. And you're a former player. Mm-hmm. You side with the players all the time. It's like you got a contractual agreement to do this. Uh, so therefore, it's almost like I was a former player and was in a locker room, but yeah. okay. So therefore, you put me in a position where I have to like talk down to the player. And no, I have to hey. be like the organization and defend the organization. It doesn't cost anything to agree, Brent. I'm not agreeing with you. Well, I understand I, that, but <laughs> it doesn't doesn't take any spot off my bat. I'm just saying, hey, if you want to agree with me, go ahead and please agree with me. Well, I do agree with you on this. I think he should be paid. Yeah. Uh, but... It's just I, the, the amount. I want to I see where you come in on the leverage part. So I put it out there. Who has more leverage in the stalemate between Jags and Yannick Ngakwe? We've got uh, actually one minute left, so this vote's about to end. Okay. Quick And vote. it just did, I think. 54% says Yannick. Jaguars for 46%. And I don't agree with them. You think what the Jaguars think? have more leverage? I think the Jaguars absolutely have more leverage. I don't even think it's... I think Jan has a bit of leverage, but I do think in the grand scheme of things, there's no doubt the Jaguars have leverage. And let me tell you this. I do believe – now, people will use the leverage point and they'll say Josh Allen. I don't factor Josh Allen into his, the leverage point. I don't. Because if we were sitting here today on the eve of camp or coming out of the draft mm-hmm. and the Jaguars had a roster that did not include Josh Allen, 
and mm-hmm. had Yannick Ngakwe as their only pass rusher. I would tell you I think the Jaguars made a mistake by not adding more depth at pass rusher. I said it going into the draft. In fact, one of the reasons I might have picked Josh Allen to be the pick at number seven. I got a little lucky there, too. Mm-hmm. But I I think it was the under-talked-about thing about the draft is that they had gotten rid of Dante Fowler Jr., and therefore they had lost some depth as a pass rush on their pass rushing team. Mm-hmm. And you need it. You need depth. You want to be deep. You you don't want one. Again, we had Laurent McCrayon. He said he'd love to pass rush, but he's pretty unproven in that mm-hmm. regard. I mean, from a doesn't have the the resume that says, okay, I can really rely on this guy to pick up eight sacks. Like like you felt comfortable with Dante Fowler at least getting an eight sack season or six to eight or six to well, nine. And then the biggest thing is when you bring those guys in, you don't want to see a lot of a drop off because they're fresh. They're coming into a game a hundred percent. So you want them to produce and get quarterback sacks. Absolutely. So I feel like my, really the moral of the story here for me is I don't think Josh Allen is really a leverage point for the Jags. Now, okay. do they have somebody that can play the position? Do they have somebody that they think can be good? Fine. That's 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 okay. I mean, you can get by for practices. You might even get by for preseason games and maybe even a game or two. I mean, you hope you can because you might have to at times. Guys get hurt. So I think it's nice that they have him. I'm just saying I don't think that's part of their leverage. I think their leverage is all contractual. I think their leverage is he's got a $2 million contract he's under. Mm. He's got a franchise tag that the Jaguars could use for the next two years. I think that's where their leverage comes into play that trumps any kind of leverage an Ikan has in the situation, even though you can argue he has some. Let me ask you this. When you say the Jaguars have the leverage, what do you mean the Jaguars? Like who on the Jaguars has the leverage? You're talking about Caldwell, the coaching I'm staff? I'm saying the front office. In a negotiation. Okay. In this negotiation, I feel like the Jags have more options. More options. Okay. I agree with you on that. Uh, I, I will come along with and you on that. options equal leverage. They do, but here's what I'm going to get at. We don't know what's going to happen with Ngakwe. We don't know where if he's to the point now where he's seen what Melvin Gordon's trying to do and all these guys are trying to do. We don't. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if Ngakwe is going to report by that August deadline where he's supposed to report before he gets fined. We don't know if Ngakwe is just going to go. You know what? Screw it. Then I'm just going to sit out there and see what happens. I mean, not saying that's who he is, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities. So. If you have that in your mind and you're the Jaguars organization, you need to do well this year. You need to produce wins this year because if you don't, your jobs could be on the line. That's already been made crystal clear by Shad Khan himself. So you have to win games. One of the most important positions on the football field set aside from the quarterback, um, the second most position might be defensive end and the ability to get to the pass rusher. And you're going to leave it up to a guy who has zero NFL experience, a guy who's very talented in his own right, coming out of Kentucky and Josh Allen. But if Ngakwe is not going to be here, you're rolling the dice. And not only are you rolling the dice on the 2019 season, you're rolling the dice on your tenure as a Jacksonville Jaguars front office member. So from that perspective, Ngakwe has some leverage, too. Now, I don't know exactly who has more, whatever, but I'm just saying, Ngakwe might have some leverage as well. Uh, I'm not saying he's void yeah. of leverage. Yeah. I think he does. He's got, he's got the resume to do it. I think, and again, the locker room watching. Take into account in the locker room as well. Yes, I think, you know? that, I think that plays a role in it. So sometimes you have to remember that the sheep will always outweigh the wolves. This is the way it is. But here's my point in the locker room stuff. Okay. Because if if you don't do a deal and Yannick sits out and say no no deal this year, you know what they're going to do? They're going to go offer a deal to Miles Jack. You think Miles Jack's going to turn down the deal? 
he's going to turn down $50 million? Very tough to win this year, though, man. I, I, I get it. I'm just saying from a, the locker room watching part is yeah. fine. But they, when they offer you a deal and it's worth a lot of money, yeah. and it's a fair deal, you're going to take it. Even if you're another guy, you're not going to say, oh, no, you didn't give a good deal to Yannick. I'm not taking that deal. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you know, you're so absolutely right. They are watching, but they're not, like, stuck to that. Let's talk more about it because I want to ask you, you said something. Can he sit out? Can he sit out? Can he afford to sit out, even miss some games? Next on ESPN 690. All right, that's some responses. Jack's Boz. Not talking about my phone beeping. Jags can pay Jan $20 million next two years. Total two million this year, eighteen million franchise tag next year. Jan doesn't have much leverage in this. Take twenty five per next two years. Hope for the best. Has to report thirty days prior to season to accrue this season, um, and that's as a free agent. Whereas the unrestricted, restricted free agency comes into play. There's another deadline later in the year uh, to accrue the service as well. Uh, let's see what else we got. Another response. I think Demetrius, uh, when I asked who has the leverage, he says the Jaguars. Can 91 afford to miss even part of the season is my next question, and that's what we're going to get into. He says no. What do you think? Can you Again, I'm not talking afford like in his bank account. Well, I guess I am a little bit. It's $40,000 in fines like daily. Is it some, something like that? Uh, something crazy? Because uh, Telvin got fined like $88,000 for missing minicamp, I believe it was. Well, Is that contract-based? But did he pay that? I mean... Well, I don't know how that works yeah. in terms of now. And now that he's on this list, I think that's one of the reasons he put got put on this list so he doesn't get fined daily. Gotcha. You know, I mean, it makes sense. You got to get put on a list quick, or you're going to you have to find him. In fact, I think it's part of like the CBA where the, if those if they're contemplating that's like you have no choice. You have to find them, or guys would kind of uh, bend that rule all the time. You know, they'd use all these different excuses. Uh, so anyway, you'd face fines for Ngakwe. The longer he sits out, restriction versus unrestricted free agency comes into play. And the difference there is unrestricted, you're free to go and you can go sign with any team if if the team doesn't franchise tag you. The restricted free agency, there's a tender added to you. And, well, someone might need to go sign you for $100 million and give up a first-round pick or a second-round pick or whatever the league designates you as. So most likely a first-round pick because of that kind of salary. So being there... Not being here by August 5th or 6th takes away leverage for Jan. Can he afford to do that? And then really the bigger picture thing for me, honestly, uh, I love you 91. But if we don't see you until Labor Day, I don't think it changed. It's fine. Like, I don't think that's the most important issue here. I mean, if he, He'll be fine if he shows up in Labor Day and they figure this thing out. Uh, I think it's more about the games. Can he miss yeah, three, four games? Can about... he miss five games? Can he miss six games? Can he afford yeah. to do that? Realistically, it's hard on the team if Ngakwe doesn't sign until the season starts because then you know the players, the teammates Absolutely. are getting asked all the questions. What do you think about Ngakwe? And it's a giant distraction. And listen, that takes your toll, especially in training camp where it is so mundane. It's it's the same thing over and over again. The last thing you want to do is talk about Ngakwe to the media. I mean, I have to ask that question to people. I don't want to do that, but that's just the way it is. So from that but perspective... But he doesn't care at this stage of the game. Not say he doesn't care about that. He yeah. does personally. I say in this situation, he can't care about that. No, he doesn't care about that, but I'm saying from the team perspective, where if he doesn't sign. So the only thing I really care about, though, is if Yannick Ngakwe is here by the time game one starts, by the time week one starts of the regular season, and he's ready to go against the Kansas City Chiefs. And you know what? I'll be honest. And I'm not trying to compare the guy to Cleo Mack because he's not Cleo Mack yet. Just all due respect, he's not. Uh, 
Nobody is, I think. I mean, Von Miller's close, but I think Cleo Mack's just a special breed, man. And when you saw Cleo Mack set out last year for the entire training camp, set out the entire spring, um, didn't get any reps with pads on, I assume, comes in week one against Green Bay and just absolutely tears the house down, that kind of changed my perception of do you need to be at training camp? Do you need to go through OTAs? Do you have to get your reps? Do you have to get in quote-unquote football shape? Because Cleo Mack didn't, and he came in week one and dominated. Now, once again, Ngakwe, not Cleo Mack, I get that. But I think with Ngakwe's work ethic, which we've heard people praise about it all the time, I think if he was to come in week one against Kansas City, not have a lot of reps in training camp, maybe zero reps in training camp, I think he would be okay from that perspective. And that's the thing, is that we, we get the sense that Yannick is working on his own, and he's he's getting ready, whether he's going to be here or not. And so if you're if you're looking for a player that would not need it it'd be a guy like him not like i don't know brandon albert who <laughs> came out here and then in one day was like no i'm, I'm out I'm, I'm good but yannick i mean he's he's the type to where you don't necessarily think he would need the conditioning he's not gonna you know he knows the you know the defensive plays that were running he knows kind of and he's got calais there as a good guy to lean on for any of those question marks that he might have missed while he was gone. Yeah, so I mean, listen, he's got to put work in. I just feel yeah. like, can he? It, it, it comes down to this: this question that I'm asking. He's a, got a two million dollar salary in this year. What does does sitting out give him more leverage? The entire season, talking about sitting out. Yeah, just sitting out half the Dude, year until he figures it out and puts the pressure on. The sitting out does it give him more leverage? You played 15 games, started them your rookie year. Right now, you're 24 years old. Yeah, because you, know, you think you, so? You know why? Because there's the Cam Jordans of the world, Brent. There's the J.J. Watts of the world. There's the Von Millers of the world who are in their 30s right now, who are still doing the dang thing, maybe better than they've ever done it before. Not really J.J. Watt, but Von Miller is still an absolute beast. Cleo Max, I think, is in his late 20s right now. Yannick Ngakwe is young. Yeah, you have to understand that. He's got a lot of playing time left in him, and you know it's you don't want to see anybody, any guy have to set out the whole season because then if that was to happen it almost shows like you know what he had the plan going in and some could say that the plan didn't work out to his to his benefit because now you missed a whole year you missed that paycheck and maybe you have to pay those fines right uh that's the worst case scenario but at the same time you're only 24 years old and you got some of your best football days ahead of you so uh, either way i'm not mad at you and that's the thing we talk about this leverage and i think it's pretty clear that both sides have a fair amount of leverage to work with. I I don't know if one has more than the other, and that might be why we're in this stalemate right now. Yeah, probably. I feel like if one of the two sides had a significant amount more leverage than the other, this thing would be done. Yeah, slam dunk stuff. But uh, they're it, kind of on a on a teeter totter right in this middle. I do. I, I mean, I still I've said it earlier. I think Jaguars have more leverage because mm-hmm. it's hard to if it, again Stewart's your agent and he's telling you your best move is to sit out this season. Mm-hmm. Am I going to do it? I think it's hard to answer in a span of like three or four minutes. I know. I know. It's hard to think about. We talk about it. Because, again, the, the, the other part of this is if you do that, now you're not building the resume to add the dollars. Right. And again, keep in mind, this is an important part of this. Yannick Ngakwe has made about two million dollars in the NFL. That's a lot of money. But it's it's not like he's got the brick struck. There. He's trying to get the Brinks truck. He's trying to get the Brinks truck in the driveway. It's not. It's still at the shop. But who needs who more? Do the Jaguars need Yannick Ngakwe more this season, or does Yannick Ngakwe need the Jaguars more, Brent? 
I'll think about that during the break. All right. Well, I guess we're all thinking about something during the break. It's National Something Day, and we're actually going to celebrate this one. Next on ESPN 690. Well, if you've listened to us a little bit, you know I hate these uh, hashtag national days. That you do. Like National Pumpkin Pie Day. Yep. National Go to the Car Wash Day. It could have a national ESPN 690 day, and I might like it a little bit more. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's going to happen one day. Don't worry. But I do think, uh, for the most part, not a big fan. Well, today, today we'll celebrate. We got National Tequila Day. I like that. And it is happy hour horn time, and we're going to celebrate with Vita DeLuise. in your pocket because you don't get hangovers. That's trying to go trill a Tropicana because it takes an orange slice to make it extra sweet. This tequila is white hot because it is the Blanco of the alcoholic beverages. Grab a drink, get a shot, tip your star tenders. It's time to get this tequila. Tequila? <laughs> Very good. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah that was good. I yeah, like that. I yeah, yesterday was a little low-key energy. I'm like, you beefed it up a little bit today. Thank you, man. That was pretty good. I'm passionate uh, today. 94 rating for Vita de Luis recently, which is pretty cool. Locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville. Made in tequila, Mexico. Shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita de Luis tequila. One of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDeLuis.com. And happy National Tequila Day. Coos. I wish we could Michael celebrate crazy right tonight. now. Yeah, I'm sure he's already going crazy back there. A toast to Coos. All right, we asked a couple of questions, and now I've probably forgotten them. Yeah, probably. I remember the question I asked you. I what remember was the question you asked me. Who needs who more? Do the Jaguars need, need Yannick Ngakwe on that field, or does Yannick Ngakwe need the Jaguars? I feel like this is kind of like us. It's like, who needs who more? I think we both e- need each other equally, Brent. Oh, that's a nice political answer. You're welcome. We go back to the MAGA whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to have some uh, clear sailing through through the show, Brent. But hey, if you, you want to get with some rough waters, we can do that too, dude. But honestly, if, if, if Ngakwe was to sit out the whole year, what does that mean to the Jaguars? It means a lot. Well, it's nine and a half sacks and a lot of quarterback pressures. It's nine and a half sacks last year. Well, but on average, it's a ten okay. sack season. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, sacks. yeah, so I, yeah. I, I mean, unless I know it's been up and down, but it's ten yeah. sacks. It's a few forced fumbles. It's quarterback pressures. It's it's impact game planning. It's a lot it of that is. stuff. Yeah, and so, all of a sudden, Clayus Campbell is looking like the only game record on their defensive line. Yeah, the only proven one. Yeah. Marcel Darius and him. True. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is probably one I, I've I've been trying to see it from the Jags side of things. Most of the time, I usually disagree with you. I think the Jags have a lot of leverage in this whole situation. Yeah. But I would say, who gets hurt more? If I put it yeah. kind of in that context, without I think the Jags do. Yeah. Because I do think at the end of the day, if I like how you phrase it, because it really got me thinking, and I think it, it kind of makes me think a little bit more on Team Ngakwe here that. 
that I can't, even though it's a tough thing to do, is say sit out and, and take that chance. Yeah. I think in January of 2020, if I sat out and I'm Yannick Ngakwe, I think one of two things are happening. One, I'm getting a franchise tag from the Jags mm. because now they have the power to do so. Yes. Okay, but is that bad on me? I get $18 million. This is the most I've get paid to play football yet. And to your point earlier, you save a year yeah. on your body. Mm-hmm. The second thing that could happen is you they let you go because they're pissed off at you and you go to free agency True. and and they don't want anything to do with you now and now you're going to get a mega deal because listen we Le'Veon Bell got paid yeah uh, people get paid now you you what you give up is a chance to go get even at two million dollars this year mm-hmm. if if that's all you make you give up the chance to go get a 15 sack season and then. The truck unloads, you also, know, even more. Yeah, and also to uh, make your point a little bit, too, as well, I mean, I think Ngakwe is a guy that takes pride in being a fan favorite, you know, and, and being a guy that works hard um, and is a, you know, is, is a hero, really, in the fans' eyes. And I, if Ngakwe was to kind of push the Jags all in here and see if they call his bluff or not, I think if he said it all season, you would see a lot of... Um, you know, a lot of frustration towards Ngakwe then. Yeah. Because it, now you're not honoring the contract, you're sitting out, um, and you're not being the team player. And think about it from an injury perspective only. Injury-wise, yes. if Yannick gets hurt and he's playing at $2 million and doesn't have the deal done, and that's really why if, I, if I'm I, – I don't know where the cutoff is, if it's $19 million, $20 million, if it's $21 million. I really try to get my, this thing done if I'm because I don't want to think about that. I don't want that. I don't, I don't want to sit here with a lottery ticket in my – car and leave my car at the parking garage at the airport for six months yeah i really don't yeah it's a good way to put so, it so i i think it's a little bit of doing that because it's just the nature of the sport and you have a chance to hurt yourself there the other thing is he could create a massive or a, amount of leverage by sitting out if somebody else gets hurt mm-hmm. you know again not wishing this upon anybody but circumstance wise if a josh allen got hurt or if a um calais campbell got hurt you know, now all of a sudden Jags are looking up like, all right, we got to get this thing done. Well, it's supposed to be a promising defense just turned into, yeah. you know, a yeah. lot of question marks. So they, they go get it. The leverage goes back. That You would think. I mean, yeah. just think about it that way. So there's so many different ways to get it. Um, I think where do the Jags win in this part of it? Like, why doesn't it hurt the Jags? I don't really think uh, there is. I don't think I think you're right. The way you pose the question, who does yeah. it kind of hurt more mm-hmm. to sit out? I think it hurts the Jags locker room perception. Yeah. Um, you don't have the productivity on the field. Now you don't know about the next three, four, five years at your pass rusher spot. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it's a great way to phrase it and got me thinking kind of in a little <laughs> bit of different direction. Um because I do kind of feel like the Jags, at least from a contractual status, have a lot of leverage to play. They've got a yeah. lot of options to play in their part of it. So uh, pretty fascinating look at it. And maybe that's the way Ngakwe's camp Campus. is looking at it. Yeah. I, I also think this, and, and I asked you, so you keep thinking about it, yeah. <laughs> because we posed the question when Stuart was here. Can you do it? Would you yeah. do it? Can you be able to do it? And the reason I say that is because I Really think I know Yannick Ngakwe loves to play football. Yeah. Ngakwe wanted to be here in OTAs. His camp said, it's not a smart move. Get back. Mm-hmm. Step away. He did. He listened to his camp. It's probably a wise choice. I'm just saying he didn't want to do it. He wanted to be here. I think Yannick Ngakwe was in this building the last week or so mm-hmm. because he was ready to report. Yeah. Uh, there was a feeling at Friday in that bill. I could tell you firsthand 
that from some players, from people in the building, they were pretty confident either something was about to get done or Ngakwe was going to be here. And and I think he wants to be here. I, I think that's without a question. But that's why you have agents. That's why you have your own team. And that's why you figure out if it's the right thing or a wrong thing to do. My point in that story is I think he would have a heck of a time sitting out. We've talked about it about Telvin Smith. I, I do the fishing analogy. You love to fish. I'm going to give you $10 million. I can't relate to Telvin Smith sitting out. I, uh, for a guy who I think loves to play the game, yeah. I don't get it. It doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense, although everybody I talk to says it's happening. He's not changing his mind. So, And I, it just surprises the heck out of me. Well, I feel the same way. Now, it's not $10 million. It's $2 million for Yannick Ngakwe. I just think the guy loves to play the game so much. I think he cares about the resume, about his legacy, and those things – compile up by playing not by sitting out so it, it could be a costly sit out down the road if you go look at a guy who's had an unbelievable career but but missed getting 12 14 15 sacks yeah. in a season another all pro to his resume so i think those things matter to yannick i think if i'm his agent and i'm saying this is a smart thing to do it's the right thing to do because of all the things we discussed i think it's a hard sell to my client to say you got to sit out and my guess is that's always the case but it's a harder sell than like a Le'Veon bell mm -hmm. the Le'Veon bell you can say hey you're keep your body fresh you had a lot of carries you're a running back you really only have six or seven years in the nfl this could pay off i can buy that one i'm not sure from a body standpoint and a this and that standpoint this pays off you can't sell me on that if i'm yannick and mm -hmm. and the other part of it is the sooner i play and get a deal done the sooner i can get my next one which might be worth 140 million dollars yeah so that's that's uh, another reason, at least for the Jags, to try to get this thing done, maybe a feather in their cap. So to answer your question, you asked me if I was in Gakwe, and it came down to it, would I sit out or not? Yeah, Stewart has said now, it's the wise, Stewart's 1400 SAT guy now. Yeah. And he says, hey, the wise decision here is for you to sit out. That's where you create this leverage. Yeah. You, you're going to win in the end no matter what, but you've got to sit out. You've got to stay firm. You got to do it, Austin. So Lee. to answer that question, I'm going to come from two different places. Okay, I'm going to go 24 year old Jacksonville Jaguar Austin when I played, and what my mindset was. If I was 24 years old and I had Ngakwe's stats, I would come back and take the deal. I definitely would, because to me, so at that moment, and I think Ngakwe kind of falls in this category. Yes, there's a business side to it, but the game is still the game. Right, and you can tell that's the way Ngakwe thinks because of how hard he works. Yes, yeah, like yeah, I'm sure he works hard for the money, but I, I truly think this guy. And like I said, I haven't really talked to him a lot, but just from what I garner about him, what I hear about him, what everyone says about him, he works so hard because he truly loves the game and he wants to be the best at it. He he wants to be elite. And that's why he puts the effort in. That's why, if you go on his Twitter, it's nothing but just working out and motivation because that's the guy who he is. It's um, lip service to a lot of guys. Yeah. That's lip service stuff. It's really not with Yannick it, Ngakwe. It's not at all. That's that's who he is yeah. as, as a person. If money was the most important thing, I would see him rocking all these chains. I would see him flexing a, a cool vehicle on Instagram or Twitter, and I don't see those kind of things. Football is the only thing I see in terms of social media. Now, yeah, social media is not everything, but I'm telling you the day the NFL player Brent, we talk about it all the time. Social media is the branding, and social media displays who you are. One would argue that maybe Ngakwe hurts his branding a little bit by not tweeting more things that are relatable to people. All he tweets about is football. So from that perspective, if I'm Ngakwe at 24 years old, I would take that deal because – my mind's at ease. I get my money. Uh, I can take care of my family. I can take care of everybody. And now I can play football again. 
if it's 31-year-old Austin Lane and ESPN 690 and having seen the other side of, of the game now, um, having seen how these contracts are operated, I would sit out. I, I would absolutely sit out because history has shown us so far that when a player tries to push a team all in and the team tries to call their bluff, the player usually wins that battle. And I'll take that risk at 24 years old. One addendum to that, would you sit... Would you play for two minutes? Say the deal's now. I'm Jags now. I said, deals. I, deals I left off. the deal. Deal's off the table. You're playing for $2 million. I think I would sit out then. And, I, and once again, I would call their bluff. So not even 24-year-old when yeah. you play for $2 million I, and bet I, on yourself? I would, I would call their call their bluff and bet on, bet on myself. Interesting. We'll see what Yannick Ngakwe yeah. does. <laughs> what do the Jags do? Stay in your lane. Coming up next. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks. Hey, you can listen and watch ESPN 690. Of course, on your radio, ESPN 690. On the AM side, on your stream, on our stream, ESPN690.com, at work or wherever you are, at home. And on all the video platforms, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, TuneIn app as well. If you listen to the apps, you can find us on there. So uh, a lot of ways to find Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 as we head into football season. And, well, we got a topic <laughs> here yeah. on day one. It's been all Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah. Uh, it's been a little bit of Jalen Ramsey, too. If you missed uh, Jalen Ramsey's arrival, we'll, we'll uh, recap that in, in just a bit. But uh, Yannick, 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 we've talked so much about it. Him and Telvin Smith, I would imagine if you did like a word search uh, mentioned on this show in the first seven months, I would imagine those two names might be most popular. That, that is on the, that's on the bingo card for sure. Yes. What else would be there? I wonder. Um, Kuz messing up or something, <laughs> making us upset. That, that's on the bingo card as well. Uh, Kuz did put your wrong, is on the wrong bingo uh, card. handle today on this stream. What did he put my wrong handle on? Your, that's what happened early on in the show. I didn't even know. You know, we tweeted out we usually yeah. put your handle on and yeah. his handle on. Sure. He put like the wrong one. Just messed it up. He's only been doing it for the past I don't know year now. It seems he like must have hit, he must have clicked on it early. Yep. So us being mad at Kuz definitely on the bingo card. Um, the whiteboard is on the bingo card. Whiteboard I think. should be on the bingo card. Uh, that's all that's really coming to me right now. No, maybe Vita Deloitte. We've Happy Hour Horn is yeah. on the bingo card. Yes. All right. Yep. And maybe Jack's football. So Pump your brakes on the bingo card. <laughs> Mind your P's and Q's if people tell me on Twitter I say that a lot. That's they a do. bingo card. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I say it a lot. Whatever. I, I really should just spend the next 40 minutes reading more of the responses you got on your tweet No, today. we're all good, man. I just I checked it. More fun. Someone just said, uh, if I'm so upset about someone else's tweet, maybe Twitter isn't for me. <laughs> Didn't say I was upset now, did I, man? But that, all right. In other words, that you, person calling hey, you soft. I guess so, man. And that's uh, Pond Bear Swilly. You got it, man. All right. <laughs> Looking right at you, dude. Congratulations, you're on the show now. All right. Uh, Star Star 690 is the place you can find us. Stay in your lane is a daily segment here on yes, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. And here's Austin Lane. So stay in your lane, cruise control. Um, this is going out to a coach that posted this. Um, his name is Sam Coonert. And basically what he does is he runs a camp called the nubility camp and what it does is that it takes um you know children that have basically disadvantages and uh you know he coaches them whether it's with uh 
mental training, physical training, things like that. Well, he posted uh, this tweet, and I quote, and um, this is a bunch of his tweets, but one of them he posted, my favorite moment of the camp so far is Tim overcoming his fears and self-doubt and landing a 20-inch box jump. Now, to everybody out there, a 20-inch box jump may not seem like a lot to all you former high school football stars out there, but I should probably preface this by saying that Tim, the the kid that is attempting this jump, um, is missing both of his arms um, up to his shoulder. And if you watch the video, I mean, there's no point in playing the video because it's, you know, it's just sound. You can't really paint the picture, unfortunately. But if you watch this video here, uh, Tim attempts this jump around four or five times and misses it. And you start to see the frustration build in a little bit. And if you've done box jumps before, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have, you know where if you don't get it in the first three or four times, you're not probably not going to get it, right? Uh, your confidence is shot. Um, you're defeated. And let's be honest, you're gassed. You're, you're tired. Uh, but the, the coach uh, kind of proceeds Tim to keep on going, keep on trying, motivates him. And guess what? Tim makes the jump, stands up, man, and, and the reaction is priceless. It's awesome. Man. I, I highly recommend um, going to check that video out, man, because it'll, ex- it'll change your whole day. I didn't expect that. No, you know? and and think about it from his position. He has no arms to brace himself. No, so yeah. so that's where the fear, fear is yeah, coming yeah. in. And but I didn't expect like when I saw it, the reaction. I was like, okay, cool. I thought everybody was going to be jumping up and down. Yeah. And then when he got off the box, then he just completely broke down. Broke down. So yeah. uh, it was um, it, it was an incredible scene. Yeah. You know, you said you could broad jump. Yeah. Like you were broad jump king. I was, I was like, going to broad jumper. Where, isn't that you, you still, Avery Jones 50 bucks comes from? Yeah, yeah. Avery Jones yeah. sold me 50 bucks. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm looking forward to that lunch today. It comes. Oh, I can't wait to see him. Hey, hey, it's a long training camp, and I ain't going nowhere. And, and Avery's made a lot of money since then, so I yeah, say hey, max out the interest who you tell on him, that. Man. And if he doesn't pay me, I'm going to start calling him Arby's. So I'm going to start calling him <laughs> because I, you know, I know he hates that. I know he hates being called Arby or Arby's, and that's what he'll be referred to on the show if I do not get my $50. I don't think Arby's will mind that. No, you know what? Hey, and by the way, if you're his PR person, give him an Arby's endorsement because, you know, there's a story with Avery where everyone used to call him Arby, and he hated that. So Embrace it, man. Embrace that, man. I mean, get that paycheck that's from Arby's. That's the second one from the Jags. I mean, I like Calais what? Campbell. And, yeah. Hmm, what so more do you guys good. want from us? I, I mean, how much money can we make you, Jags? <laughs> Yannick and Gakwe, we're trying to help. We're trying, man, but you're a pretty complicated name. No offense to you, but I'll think of something. Uh, the so box jumps though is my question. Yeah, were you like? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, we got buddy. I got a buddy in town. We have yeah. a box jump. The kids sure. have it. Yeah, it's like one of those foam ones, and you it can go twenty inches, twenty four inches, thirty inches. Okay. Uh, just for the record, I'm the only one in the house that can do the thirty inch jump. I I see you. Uh, and I was. It's you know what's hard about the thirty inch jump? No idea because I, I dominate that. But what is it? Is that it's hard to then because of the way it moves. It's yeah. all one box. Yep. So like. It's a uh, smaller platform to land on. Okay. So I almost end up across the other side. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a health risk. Well, and like the box jumps like the biggest risk or reward, right? Because if you don't make it, yeah, you're gonna scratch up a knee, you're gonna fall off, and it's it's rough. This uh, one is not like wood, so you're not wanna, hurting yourself. Don't want to brag or anything, Brent. I'm, I'm not I'm not keen on bragging or anything like that. Uh, but there is a YouTube video of there me doing a 65 inch box jump. 65. When I was getting ready for Bears camp. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Your bricks. That's fine. You don't have to believe. Me, it's out there on YouTube. It's out there on the interwebs. Check it out. Wow, I would put that out there. 65 inch. Now I took one giant step. Okay, it wasn't from. Wait a, a minute. Hey, That's hey, not allowed. First, first of all, first of all, yes it is. Okay, because JJ Watt. So here's where this came from. JJ Watt. Like this was like so the Bears. So 2013. This would have been 2014. And uh, JJ Watt posted like this viral video of him jumping. I think it was like 55 or 60 inches, and everyone just lost their minds. You know, JJ Watt. 
And at the time, I weighed about 260 pounds, maybe 265. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll one up JJ Watt. But like jumping that same amount of weight that he did, which I did with flat feet, wasn't good enough. I'm like, well, if I do the same thing JJ Watt did, who cares? So I had to one up him. So that's when I took the one step and then did the box jump to 65. So, but isn't that easier? The one uh, step, yeah, but it was actually a lot more challenging because of 65. Because of 65, it was up there, yeah. And, so you, and there's also a video of me jumping out of a pool as well. As well, like you've done that. I've done that. We were just talking about it last night. The kids, yeah. so like a three foot, three pool, foot pool, and jumping out of it. Yes, sir. All right, now if the kids are listening, okay. And my my uh, college baseball teammate, yeah. uh, Clay, in the Fitch family, they're in town. Yeah. They're staying with us. Yeah. And so we were talking about this last night, and I forget what video because we we're just talking about how good athletes are. Yeah. You just don't recognize it. We don't appreciate it enough. And they brought that example of okay. of jumping out of the pool. Yeah. And so it's, it's probably about a 40-inch jump we were figuring okay. through water. Through water. Yeah. It's rough. Right by the time it, you get over the edge. Yeah. it's um. It took me a while to get like the, the placement down because like it's not like a box jump. Like You actually have to jump a different way to like bring your knees up, and you actually like, have to like kind of hurdle over to get to the pool. So it's a little different jump technique. But, yeah, I have that as well. Ah, I did not know that. Yeah. That's impr- I'd like to see you have video of that. Um, I can get it. I'd like to see yeah. the video of that. I'll now, get it. The other thing is, uh, in that moment, I don't. can you wear like a normal bathing suit? Because wouldn't the drag on the normal bathing so, suit kind of no, hold you down, or do you have Brad, to go like speed This guy knows here. what he's talking about. So I initially started in my MMA shorts that I wore. They okay, like makes just, sense. Like, uh, you know, there's basically like board shorts. Yeah, drug me down big time. So I just had to switch up to some spandex, so like some short yeah, spandex shorts. Do spa- I yeah. wouldn't think you could do it in regular like, do regular board shorts. shorts. No, nope. Hmm. You're absolutely right. For I the wish record. I you, you guys have been telling me that when I tried. I messed up my knee so bad trying that. You tried <laughs> getting out of a I can't pool? At a friend's house, it. yeah. We, I mean, because we saw, I forget when the videos were going around. We're like, probably oh, let's try. Probably should have tried it, though, right? No, definitely it. not. Yeah, probably should have tried that. I no, I was bleeding everywhere. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, by the way, just for the record, uh, Clay Fitch, uh, I think he, he did like a six-inch box jump okay. uh, for her. Okay. Sure. It's all that's good, it. man. No, that's no that's all I could handle. This Hope is a judgment. It's like the Planet Fitness in here. It's a judgment-free zone, everybody. Speaking of, I was working out the other day. We need a that's lunk a alarm. brag right there. Uh, they go to the training for Warriors, and yeah. they brought up the other day, apparently, a woman did a three-and-a-half-hour plank. I saw that. Three and a half hours. Why wasn't that balling? I saw that. And, well, and the record for men gonna, is gonna be honest. allegedly eight hours. Gonna be honest. Did, eight hours. Did, did, that's did, aggressive. Did you see the lady? I did. That did it? Hey. Are you ha- have a carb in your life, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> just oh, really? have a carb. The gym. One. So she weighed like 90 pounds? Well, just have a carb, is all I'm going to say. The, uh, the gym I go to, there was a girl that did a nine-minute plank, and I we started at the same time, and I stopped at like minute 30. <laughs> yeah. She really felt horrible. <laughs> plank is hard, man. Kaylee's done My like a five-minute plank out, before. Man. Oh, there's no way I can but do the that. But ma- the men world record is like eight. Eight hours. Like How? Was, the first two hours of that must be like sitting on the couch for that guy. Like, you're not even fun. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's, I mean, I can, I can't comprehend that, to tell you the truth. Yeah. I, really, I really can't. Well, I just did my own pump your brakes. It's no, the eight-hour plank, okay? That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. You got one? Uh, <laughs> maybe not that good, but um, let's be honest, man. If, if you guys are lucky enough to have your, and everyone listening at home or whoever it is, if you're lucky enough to have your grandma around, man, um, it's awesome. Grandmas are a cool thing. Uh, grandmas like to brag you up. Grandmas spoil you. Uh, they're usually good cooks, but sometimes they don't give the best interviews uh, and might embarrass you a little bit. And we have Shane Lowry's grandma uh, straight off his big win at the British Open. I hadn't slept last night. I hadn't drank a brandy since 2009. I drank two years and so they nearly killed me. 
very proud granny, no doubt. Oh, I am a very proud granny. Oh, I am. It's great to live to see all this happening. Now, do we need an interpreter here? I mean, that is a thick accent. Can you play that again? Very thick. I hadn't slept last night. I hadn't drank a brandy since 2009. Drank two years and nearly killed me. Very proud granny, no doubt. Oh, I am a very proud granny. Oh, I am. It's great to live to see all this happening. But also, the part that you actually missed during the interview is that she broke out in a story about when Shane was like, I guess, five or six years old, he had an obsession of eating dirt. And his grandma went on a big tangent explaining that story as well. Um, so a little embarrassing uh, for Shane Lowry, but it's more of just a, a funny pumpy breaks and actually is serious. I'll add a level to this, which is, I got? thought was pretty cool. Shane Lowry skipped Rory McElroy's wedding to attend, I think, that grandmother, yeah. his grandmother's 80th birthday. Awesome. And, and by the sounds of it, I'm sure they got after it a little bit, too. Uh, was gonna, yeah, a yeah. couple brandies. A couple brandies. Uh, what, what would you do? Coos, you're the wedding guy. You going to Rory McIlroy's wedding or Grandma's 80th? Well, because I go to so many weddings, you got to go to the 80th. Yeah, it's Rory McIlroy, dude. It's, it's not McElroy. like your friend from high school now. Yeah, With but, all due respect to your friend from high school, it's Rory McIlroy's wedding. But, right, but it's an 80th birthday. Like, how many people get to 80, you know? Let's be honest. I'm going to Rory McIlroy's wedding. Have fun, man. I'm going to my grandma's birthday <laughs> now, party. Now, both my grandmothers me? have passed, but... Yeah. No, I'm kidding. No, man, I'm going to Grandma's birthday party all day. What is? What, you think Roy's gonna talk to you at the at the wedding? No, but Phil might. You think, <laughs> <laughs> More Jags talk when we come Dude, back. Yeah, restraining order against you. Have fun with that. We're the one sport that doesn't play an exhibition game. Right. Florida's got to play their best. We have to play their best. I mean, because that's a game that has implications for the rest of the season. There's other openers that are the same way, right? So you got to, you know, you may have a new starting quarterback, a new starting left tackle, whatever it is, and we from the bowl game until when we start practice Friday, we're allowed to be with our players in the presence of a football 15 times. Oh, there you go. That's it. That's not enough for a head coach, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right, those coaches never enough time, never enough time. Come on. You played football before. <laughs> when you have the first year coach, so you can't get enough practices. Uh, that's Manny Diaz from the University of Miami. Of course, we'll open with the Florida Gators uh, in Orlando on August 24th, 24th, which is a month away. Yeah. That's a month away from today. Yeah. Holy cats are playing high, uh, college football uh, in a month from today, 7 o'clock uh, on a Saturday night in Orlando. It'll be the Florida Gators and the Miami Hurricanes. Then after that, by the way, they get a couple weeks off. They go to North Carolina. They have Bethune-Cookman at home, Central Michigan at home, and usually a pretty big one uh, in early October against Virginia Tech. So early part of the schedule for the Miami Hurricanes. It's going to be really interesting to see how the Gators and the Canes use this early game and how it might impact them. And they won't know this until maybe six weeks into the year or maybe when the season's over, just how much that early start and then a week off and then playing again, was it good, was it bad, was it too challenging, all those things. I, I think at least the early, you know, they get to get going early. Like the Gators are getting going uh, soon, and they have media day tomorrow. Uh, so we'll, uh, Action Sports Jacks will be in Gainesville to have some of that, even though it's a uh, scheduling nightmare for Action Sports Jacks. We will still be there 
<laughs> Media Day will have more of that coming up tomorrow. By the way, Mark Rick, former Miami coach, yes. opened the door for Manny Diaz to get the job. He will join the show tomorrow Very cool. uh, around 345 as the ACC Network gets ready to launch. And Mark Rick will be a part of that. That's coming up in August. August 22nd, I believe, will be the launch date for ACC Network. So more with Mark Rick and talking a little bit about that Florida-Miami game. Uh, why he got out of it, even a little Georgia Bulldogs, and how he will see college football and some of the big issues. Uh, we'll have that at 345 tomorrow on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Question for you. How do you think the the ACC Network's going to do? Because, I mean, obviously your first instinct's like, well, it'll do all right, but not as good as obviously the SEC Network. But then you kind of take into account, too, when you got basketball like Duke and North Carolina. I mean, you think there's a lot of potential there for the ACC Network? Yeah, I think there's less money in college basketball yeah. overall, even though you know they will have a chance to really show themselves and boast you know outside of football and not sec network does a nice job with baseball and softball and all the, and so a lot of the other sports i think they'll even show gymnastics and, mm-hmm. and other things but the fact that when football ends those three months january february march where they get to showcase what usually is the best conference in college basketball well that will give them i think some momentum for that it's a good point yeah uh, and how much momentum how much did, did they really people pay attention to we'll see yeah. uh but i think uh I think yeah, with the being able to boast two sports, and you know they're coming out with that Bowden special. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where they're going to put one of the big specials, uh, the Bowden. I think they call it the Bowden Dynasty. Okay. I forget the actual name of it. But down the road, they can do, they'll do one on Miami. You know, oh, now, yeah. now a lot of Clem- stories to tell from Clemson Miami. has been building mm-hmm. Virginia Tech and and Frank Beamer and what they've built in Blacksburg, and so although it can be a little top-heavy in the ACC and some of the bottom feeders are the bottom feeders, I think there's a lot of storylines, tradition, pageantry, even with the ACC that they'll have some fun with uh, on the football side. Cool. be interesting. It, it's yeah. going to take time. Yeah, of course. Uh, but, I mean, the SEC, I feel like the SEC Network just, bam, jumped into it, and they were a big hit. Yeah. And they've grown since then. ACC Network, I think, will be a little bit of a slower build, but it uh, it probably will pay off. All right, some of the big headlines today. Yannick Ngakwe, we, we've talked about it really for over two hours, probably. Every single angle possible. Uh, we'll see what happens with Yannick. How long does this go? He's not there. He's holding out. He won't be there tomorrow. Uh, just to recap this, if you're just catching on, getting out of work. Our understanding, of, there are reports out there, is $19 million a year. Two, uh, first two years, over 50-plus, shorter-term deal. I'm of the belief that it was probably a four-year deal, $19 million a year, and that 50-plus number right around there um, in the first couple of years, which means... Guaranteed money to me gets a little tricky. Is it thirty-five million guaranteed? Is it thirty million? Is it forty million? It's a good chunk of money. So mm-hmm. how far are they off? I believe this is now a stalemate to the point where there are not. Hey, we'll call you tomorrow and try to work on this. This is like a true stalemate. I think this was looking like it might happen. Things were going well, and then you didn't come get where you you needed to get. I'm now mad, and well, that was our offer. And here we are. I'm yeah. not reporting. So that's the way I see it. Uh, nobody's sitting here and telling us blow by blow what's happening in this negotiation. But from all the information we can gather, I feel like that's kind of the way it's playing out at this moment. When do they go back to the table? When does somebody budge? Those are the next things that uh, will play out in front of us. or Well, not really in front of us, but will play out in this negotiation if anything is about to change. How firm will Yannick Ngakwe hold his stance on this holdout? How firm will the Jaguars be willing to go in saying, well, we've got leverage and we're going to use the leverage? All questions that... 
you know, we've asked, I feel like, for the last six months, and we're about to ask him at least for the next few days, if not few weeks. Yeah, and I've been on record saying that I wouldn't be worried until the regular season starts. And that was literally me, I don't know, like an hour and a half ago. But, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the more I sit and ponder it, and if you're a Jaguars fan, you want Ngakwe, you don't, basically you don't want this to happen right now. You you don't want this kind of distraction because if you see what happened back in 2018 when there was all the hype around the team, there was a lot of special things. They beat the Patriots week two. They're going to the Super Bowl. I mean, I was, I was the guy that was on top of the rooftops calling it. Like, they beat the Patriots. Tom Brady got shut down. Blake Bortles was the was the boat. Um, all indications pointed like the Jaguars are going to do something special that oh, year. Oh, I missed the boat. All right. Little, little moment of silence for the boat. And yeah. we're back. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, all indications pointed towards a good season. You saw it happened. Adversity hit. It snowballed. And it was a, a disaster, to say the least. Probably one of the worst seasons in franchise history, hands down. So, when you're talking about a team that was lacking discipline, that was the, the, the culture wasn't in place, um, there were some distractions. The last thing you want to have to do this offseason, going into training camp now, which starts tomorrow, is having all these distractions. You want to start on a clean slate on a team that's got to win. And unfortunately, like I said, if you're a Jaguars fan, you're not going to see that. You're going to see questions regarding Yannick Ngakwe. Now there's the Jalen Ramsey questions because people are upset about that. And these things start to snowball. Now, are they going to be a big difference? There are some new leaders in, in, in the stable. There's Nick Foles now. You know, the, there might be a different culture shift, but at the same time, the last thing you wanted to have happen here is the fact that you got to start the season. you got to start training camp with distractions, and that's exactly what we're going into tomorrow. Yeah, and listen, I will say this. I think the Yannick Ngakwe one is a real one because it could yeah. carry on. It could be. I don't the think the Jalen thing yeah, is. Exactly. And, well, it's going to last now, two it days. It was a major distraction for you on Twitter because <laughs> the responses are incredible. Yeah. I can't believe people got upset about it. I know. I, I really know. can't believe. Yeah. Uh, you know, look, I just can't get over the fact that people got mad at that. Did yeah. they really? Are you really mad at the fact? The guy had fun yeah. coming to training camp. Are you serious? And and, and I was being 100. percent Like I get we're all joking around, but I was being serious. Like if if you were offended at that, then I'm trying to give you guys advice. Don't watch football because that kind of behavior is a dime a dozen. Whether it's Antonio Brown, whether it's Julio Jones, I don't know. Pick your guy. Um, the showboating, you know, the the quote unquote swag. It's a new era, and yeah. either you get on board or just just go away. It's okay. You have to be a fan of it. It's like ESPN 690 in Jacksonville. It's a new era. Yes, it is a new era. But don't go anywhere. Please don't go away. Please don't go away. <laughs> <laughs> we want you to stick around. Jalen with a fantastic entrance. We'll, buy, we'll try to make a fantastic exit here on a Wednesday on ESPN 690 with our Leonard Fournette predictions. I want numbers. Predict it. Fantasy football freaks. It's for you. Next. What kind of sauce? You talking about salsa? Yeah, it was uh, it was like a guacamole salsa that Kuz recommended. And uh, you know what? When it comes to recommendations, Kuz knows what he's doing because that was delicious. Now, did I try to hide them from my wife so she didn't have any? Yeah, I, I actually did. That's acceptable. She, she got the red salsa, and I tried to hide the green guacamole salsa. It is what it is. Um, hey, what are you, you going to do? I've been over there. See, senior is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the is it ta- that was Taco Tuesday? Do you yes. like go to? T- do you do you like? Are you religious about Taco Tuesday? <laughs> do you want to know? LeBron what I ate? James religious? Guess guess what I ate for lunch after my tattoo yesterday. Tacos. Tacos. Guess what I ate for dinner last night? Tacos. I'm a little bit religious on I guess, aren't we? <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me what you had for breakfast. No, it was my smoothie. Boring. Uh, just a boring one. Yeah. Uh, all right. Hey, when I went to break, asked Leonard Fournette numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think it was Travis uh, Ryer on Twitter said, over under 10 and a half games maybe should be the question. <laughs> um, all right. He's let's not start wrong. there. Yeah, he's not wrong. Over under 10 and a half games. I'm, listen, I'm the sunshine rainbows guy. Yeah, you are. I'm thinking over. Give me the over, too, because I've been saying on this show I think he's going to have a bounce-back year, so I have to go over to, yeah. to prove that point. I really do. T- I really think he is going to have a good year. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, now, listen, if things get derailed, they get derailed, and then a guy like Leonard, I think, has a chance to kind of get derailed, too. You know, the whole the mindset, the everything. But I think if they get off to a decent start, things are going well. I think with the Foles being there, I, I think there's a respect there uh, by all the players. Um I think the utilization of DiFilippo, the whole offseason stuff, I think the just the natural maturation of a young man, young player, I, I think is in his favor. I understand what the resume says, and I understand there have been some issues with health and, and other things. But I I do uh, – I'm not the concern. There's two things I'm not as concerned about that everybody else is this year, and that is Fournette and the offensive line. Mm-hmm. I actually feel like both from a – Maybe it's a Murphy's Law perspective are going to be fine. I think the depth behind Leonard Fournette uh, and the receivers, mm-hmm. I have more of a problem with on the offense and even tight ends. Yeah, Those would be more priority problems for me than Leonard Fournette. Well, and do you, know, do you want to know what kind of attests to that, too, as well, is the fact that you have Nick Foles now. Uh, a good quarterback can make a running back better, and it can make an offensive line better. And when you add in Nick Foles compared to Blake Bortles, you added an upgrade, so there is room uh, to be optimistic from that perspective as well. There are um, there are positions for every team. This isn't just the Jacksonville Jaguars that you kind of go all in and into a season and say we're doing this and keeping our fingers crossed. Yes, running back position feels a little bit like that for the Jags. I think safety position. Feels a little bit like that for the Jags. And the other one we really don't talk about probably enough, and maybe we will as as it goes along in the month of August, because we've talked about Nick Foles so much, but they got nothing behind Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. They've got nothing. And, and now listen, nobody has backups galore. I mean, Philly did. <laughs> uh, but you're always in trouble if you lose. You're, you're a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But given this guy's history and not being able to play a 16-game season – they really don't have much. They've got a fun guy in in Minshew. Gardner Minshew. Does he even get the backup job? I don't know. They might have some talent in some of those young guys. I mean, I don't know about Tanner Lee, but uh, Magoo. Alex Magoo. So I, they've just got a lot unknown, nothing I would bank on. I'd be really concerned. But you're going to be concerned about your football team if they have to go to the backup quarterback nine out of ten times. <laughs> any team will. Now, well, t- not any team. Tennessee's okay. done a nice job. they got Tannehill as a backup. Yeah. That's a piece. I, take, I would feel a lot better if Tannehill was my backup. Yeah. You're, right. you're absolutely right. So, so given the fact, and, and by the way, Tennessee in a similar situation, they can't count on Mariota to play the whole year. Yeah. So, and I don't even think Mariota's that good, but I'm just saying from a health standpoint, mm-hmm. you can't count on it. Yeah, same thing with Fulham. Watson I'm just too. We, I mean, a lot of teams in the yeah. AFC South. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, listen, the Colts team hinges on luck being healthy. Yeah. I don't care how good talented they are. So I, I don't want to overstate that, like, oh, my gosh, you're really just not strong in the backup quarterback spot. But I just think it's something we haven't talked a ton about, given the fact that, that Foles hasn't played 16 games. So 
that's where my concern lies from a depth perspective is the running back quarterback if it gets to that point but really running back in safety yeah to me the the big one is running back because i think that you can get away with having two subpar safeties if they turned out to be subpar just because your defensive line is so good and your uh, corners are so good so there's ways of masking that not to say ronnie harrison uh, and company aren't going to be legit because i mean all signs point to they're gonna be pretty good i'm just saying if you know, if it was to turn bad, um, there are ways to cover sometimes the safeties. Now, the biggest thing with safety is being in the right spot, you know, and, and it's being there to have each other's back. So from that perspective, that's cool. But the, the position I'm worried about, and I've mentioned it before on the show, is the running back. It's the running back spot because we saw it happen last year. If the running back spot does not flourish, the team folds. Now, with a new offensive coordinator, with a new quarterback, um, would it fold as much? We probably not. Uh, I think you can rely on folds to possibly win you some games with some good play calling from John D. Filippo. But at the same time, this is still the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's still Tom Coughlin running, you know, I mean, having influence on the show. It's still the old school mentality. They still want to run the ball. If they can't do that, you're going to have problems. 13 games, 1,040 yards, 3.9 a carry, and nine touchdowns rushing the football. Better or worse this year? Than his rookie year, Leonard Fournette. I said it before and I'll say it again. Good quarterbacks make for good running backs. I think he does better. I agree with you. Cool. Look at us, man. I think they're showing a good note. We're uh, agreeing with each other. Very good. Nice High change fives. of pace. Hey, we'll report for training camp tomorrow. Join us all day from Jags headquarters on TV, CBS 47, Fox 30, here on ESPN 690, and, of course, on all the digital platforms and social media. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.